Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about weapon boons, an idea that I have had uh, that I think should be added to the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch us live. Just go to say no to rage com for the live streams. If you want all of my content in one location, the Rageous Roundtable, which returns tomorrow, Repeat Theater, and SNTR presents episodes like this one, go to SNTRnetwork.com. SNTRnetwork.com is a central hub with all of the all of the content as well as schedules and tools for knowing when we do watch parties and different things. So, weapon boons. What are they? I'm going to get into what they are, but before I get into what they are as a concept and an idea, this is essentially about loot pursuit in Destiny, and how it's not necessarily ever been the same. If you remember back to the era of Vaults of Glass, where you could go for forever and never get a Fatebringer, and then you fast forward to the way that they did loot in the end of Destiny, Rise of Iron with Skeleton Keys, there's always been a bit of a tension between how generous they can be with loot and how much intentionality they can give you with something that they typically refer to as a targeted farm. When you farm for a weapon, what it means is you continue to go to a particular location or activity and you do it over and over again to get that thing to drop one after another, hoping for a particular version. You see this happening in games like Borderlands, where they just keep farming a boss, and then they reload the checkpoint. And in Destiny, it's taken lots of different forms. When Destiny 2 launched, we had static roll weapons, so farming was not really a thing. Once you got the weapon, it was over and done with. It was binary. It was a zero or a one. You either got it or you didn't. So when you finally got the Igala shotgun, you were like, I don't care about Escalation Protocol anymore. Uh, And then they went to the random roll system since then if you look at the way that we got loot in forsaken and you compare it to now there's been a consistent evolution with a couple of things so let's just talk about this at the front end here tower loot is the first section of the video destiny 2 has had a, a consistent move toward the player by giving you more direction and intentionality as well as generosity It started with the Ada Bounties, which was Black Armory. This is after Forsaken. This is year two. And then the Ada Bounties, and then the Menagerie. And fast forward to now, you had the Lectern in Shadowkeep, where you could basically grab a bounty for a particular weapon. Sundial was absurdly generous. Probably one of the most generous ways to get loot was Sundial, and then the end of that season with the Fractaline and the Bounties in the Tower, getting a ridiculous amount of loot. All the way to now, we've got Umbrals. So, Desi 2 Year 3 has had a repetitive theme of getting our loot in the tower or from a bounty. Not from a drop, not from a boss, right? Even in Year 2, there was a lot of loot transaction rooted in the bounties with Ada and the Menagerie, so there's very similar themes between Year 2 and 3, where it doesn't quite feel like loot is dropping. Menagerie was probably one of the more favorite times when you could kind of glitch and leave and keep opening the chest, but as an experience, it wasn't all that exciting. And if you look at now, we have the Umbral Engrams. So we've come full circle. We're right back in the tower. If you remember token slamming in Destiny 2 Vanilla, you would go to the tower with tokens and turn them all into an NPC and get loot. We've kind of come back to that. You go to the tower, you have a bunch of Engrams, you spend currency to try to get particular drops and rolls. I, you know, I'll end a play session with seven or eight Umbrals, and I walk away with four or five gnawing hungers, right? Tower loot is, in my opinion, 
opinion, extremely disconnected from dropping from a boss or end game screen screen, you know, the end game uh, summary screen. If you remember Rise of Iron in Destiny 1, we are very much just chasing and getting tower loot. It's very transactional. It's not all that exciting. Right now, when an umbral drops in the ground, there is zero excitement in your blood. You're like, who gives a frick? I got to take that to the tower. It's kind of like homework. It's like a token at the arcade. Uh, and then I go and, and try and get a prize. The way that exotics land in the game is very exciting because as soon as you see it, it's dope, it makes a sound, and then you run over to get it to check the rolls. So let's go to the next section here. What are weapon boons, Lono? Well, I think we need to make loot a pursuit. It needs to be something that we're pursuing out in the world as opposed to a transaction that takes place in a bounty or a screen or an NPC in the tower or a given location. So I think they need to reverse engineer the current loot pursuit. And I think umbrals are a good example. You should reverse engineer the way the loot is acquired. If I go and configure the umbral recaster and it gives me what is essentially a weapon boon, something that is active for a certain amount of time and it affects what what drops in the world. So imagine going to the lectern, I'm um, sorry, not the lectern, the recaster, and you say, you know what, I'm really looking for a gnawing hunger. And you spend the currency and it spits out a gnawing hunger, uh, focusing boon or whatever. And then as you're playing the game, umbrals are dropping. And when they drop, they have a high propensity chance to be that particular weapon. So every time you see an umbral drop on the ground, you're going to be excited. You're going to run over, check it. Is it the gun? Yes. Check the roll. And obviously, you could have this tier up. You have activities that are different in difficulty and different in challenge, and they're more rewarding and more likely to drop in particular activities. You could then also tie this to the various core activity NPCs, like a bounty that gives a drop chance from endgame screens in Crucible or boss kills in PvE and Gambit. You're going to Drifter or Zavala or Shax, and instead of getting a bounty from them, where you're saying, okay, if I check all these boxes, I push a button, out pops the weapon. That is extremely transactional and not that exciting. It would be more exciting to say, all right, Zavala, give me the weapon boon for the Vanguard shotgun. And then you just go run strikes. And every time the boss dies, there's a chance that it pops out of him. The longer you're in the playlist, the more effective the boon becomes. Or the harder the content, the more effective the boon becomes. Maybe you have different versions of the weapon. If there's an adept version of the weapon, you're going into nightfalls and it has a chance to drop from the boss. The higher up the nightfall ladder you go, the better the chances are. You could even tie this to a level with the NPC. I've said for a very, very long time, make the NPCs look like the obelisks from Season of uh, season of Dawn, where you had to upgrade the obelisks first and you got different perks as you leveled up. Well, if you level up the NPC, the boon could become more effective. Maybe it gets a multiplier on the drop rate chance after four strikes, but once you hit a certain rank with Zavala, it becomes more effective after two or three strikes. Same thing with Crucible games. Once you play so many Crucible games in a row, your drop chances increase. And bring back, bring back that end game screen where you can see people get the gun. I remember chasing Clever Dragon in Rise of Iron, and I would see people get Clever Dragons, and I'm like, oh, it's dropping. I might get one in the next game. It kind of keeps people playing. Seasonal rank tied to the rewards and the drops could also be something where there's an ornament for the shotgun. So you've been spending all season grinding for that shotgun from Zavala, and once you hit a certain rank with him, there's cooler things for the shotgun. There is a... uh, 
there's a there's an ornament for it that you can earn at rank 50 or 75 or whatever you do do this with all of the npcs essentially my goal here with a weapon boon is twofold get us out of the tower for frick's sake get us out of the menus because the bounty is very similar you just go in and pop it and out out pops the weapon get us out of the bounty uh, get us out of the, the menus get us out of the tower and have loot dropping out in the world again and respect the spirit and the essence of what they've been doing which i think is good which is intentionality and generosity final section it is good to be generous it is good to give the player the power to pursue something they want and be generous with those drop rates okay i've always said this generosity is not the enemy of engagement but it can certainly become rote and rehearsed if it's too generous it becomes very rote and rehearsed and not that exciting at all so when i go to the tower right now and i pop all those umbrals and i'm getting you know i don't know four sometimes more of the gnawing hunger i think that's too generous i'm just all of a sudden getting a bunch of them and i just comb through them it's very very transactional mechanical it's this rehearsed thing that i do there's zero excitement i'm not even remote i I gotta go to the postmaster sometimes i'm like okay are there any good roles in the postmaster it has taken the idea of pursuit and turned it into ordering value meals in the tower and I think we need to completely reverse engineer it as I said. Checking drops harkens back to the old loot grinds of Destiny 1 but also you can utilize this and you can see it present in other games like Diablo and Borderlands. You play Diablo you hear that ding, you see it on the ground you go over it, you pick it up you know, you see the loot explosions in Borderlands you're combing over all of the loot. Bungie has completely gutted that from the game we don't go and pick up loot or see loot drop or check loot in the wild everything is taking place in a menu or the tower and weapon boons would be a fantastic way to take the uh, spirit of a weapon bounty weapon frame or umbral engram and flip it around to make it a targeted grind that happens actually out in the game world as opposed to tower or a menu targeted farms don't need to bury the player in loot but a regular drop rate keeps us chasing i don't need to end an hour-long play session and have five or six weapons just showered on me okay a regular drop rate sometimes generosity is not about quantity it's about rhythmic if as long as it's rhythmically dropping you're gonna keep me chasing it i know i can keep getting it and keep checking it it's about the rhythm it's about the frequency not necessarily the quantity so that's my thought i think they should do something like this i suppose maybe i could start bringing myself down here for this end game stuff this end show stuff he built for me new to the show here are some basics i might read this actually in my interim maybe that's why he built this for the live audience so make sure you're here live saying to to catch me go through this new thing that he built me as always if you're listening or watching other locations we'd love to have the live audience members there and if you're here live right now make sure to click subscribe uh, and the like button that really really helps out the channel if you do happen to catch the past broadcast as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about weapon boons. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, any of the audio podcast formats, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Also, if you're just wanting all my content in one location, the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and SNTR Presents, just go to sntrnetwork.com. 
SNTRnetwork.com is one location for all the content, schedules, uh, and tools if you're wanting to be part of watch parties and know what we're talking about. Also, if you're looking for those Q&A and VIP call-in sessions broken out for you. Clap for you coming in with the first question. Do you feel the weapon boons should fall randomly in the game or purchased for a currency? Should they carry different perk rolls than random drops? See, the way that I see them doing this is suddenly getting a sensible system that ties to the currency. The idea that I'm grinding an event or a piece of content and I'm getting currency that has another purpose, I always like that. The idea that you are st- you're, you're getting something that matters. I, I forget what I call this sometimes, like a subtext grind. The example I'll give you is when I was going for exotics in the nightfall, the whole time I was earning a currency that's also helpful. I was earning a currency of enhancement cores that I then used to buy, um, I'm sorry, enhancement prisms, that I then used to buy ascendant shards. I had so many, they ended up in the postmaster, okay? And that's happening the whole time. Just this current of currency, a current currency, a current C. <laughs> anyway, that's happening underneath the whole time. There's this nice you know, currency of stuff. I'm, I'm just getting it. And if you had that and the currency that you're getting the whole time you're playing strikes or crucible that are also then used for the weapon boons, as long as you don't choke that currency the way they did with ciphers, then I think that works fine. Maybe you can spend more to get the an increased drop rate chance or or something to that effect and then the higher up the difficulty you go maybe the better the weapons are now i think two systems here could coexist if you go and you watch my i don't know which video it was it was essentially about how we need adept weapons for virtually all weapon pools and what i mean by that is if you're just running generic strikes and you're going for this vanguard weapon great awesome god rolls are are there and they're possible to get you take that weapon boon in the nightfalls masters grandmasters obviously the higher you go the better the drop rate but you take it in the nightfall the ordeal and now it's dropping or has a chance to drop as adept so you're getting more capital out of the weapon. Thank you, Colin, for coming back and renewing your membership. Enjoy the blue badge. Thanks for clicking join. I've had a couple of new members today. Guys, if you click join, you get a badge and emotes and the ability to take part in Q&A and call-ins and things like that. So, I, I think these two systems could coexist. You're going, you're going into... Now, I don't know how they would do this necessarily with Crucible and Gambit because there's not going to be like a hard mode of gambit and the hard the hard mode or of crucible or whatever where you you get adept is going to be happening in trials so i don't know how they could think about doing that with respect to creating that spectrum of the of the weapons themselves to me it just doesn't make sense to keep making make making guns that that end up in in like a lower category and then you never do anything with them. You don't put them anywhere else. It just, to me, makes sense to get the most capital out of them as you can. And then that could coexist with a boon system, because as you're using the boon, it becomes more effective, and the harder the content, the better the weapon. These are, uh, these I think, are, are, are systems that would complement each other very, very well. 
you know, is it too late to submit a question? No, it's live Q&A right now. Obviously, we don't get it, we don't get too crazy and the paywall in front of question submissions has helped the question answer sessions be nice and controlled just about an hour long now instead of, you know, two hours or more and hundreds of questions. It's been a little bit uh, more controlled. Yo, what's good, Smurf? Uh, how are adept weapons not a form of power creep? It seems adding another tier just to make them better is power creep for weapons across the board. Well, you've, you're not properly defining power creep, though. You're, you're redefining it. It's not power creep. Power creep is how do we make a better weapon than the recluse? Well, we have to make it stronger. Well, you don't have to do that if the recluse gets sunset because then it gets bumped out of endgame viability. So you make another really super dope, awesome SMG and you grind for it and get it. And it basically replaces the recluse. The only way... If you never sunset the recluse or you never nerf the recluse, the only way you unseat it is by making something stronger. Weapons always having a spectrum of normal and adept is not power creep because eventually the adept weapons would become sunset and there'd be new vanguard weapons, new raid weapons, new trials weapons that come in and fill that upper echelon category and they're adept. Uh... That 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 is why we have sunsetting. Literally, what I'm talking about when I say, you know, get more capital out of the weapons and have adept weapons is is only possible because of sunsetting. So adept weapons will sit at the t- uh, at the tier on year two pinnacles. I just thought it was just a thought that occurred to me. Yeah, the idea of of um. A power creep is that the only way you unseat meta meta builds is by creating a stronger meta build, and eventually, the end game there is that in two or three years our weapons are so absurdly strong the content's not difficult, and then if you have to go and buff all the content to combat our weapons, you're now on a seesaw of power where we're too strong make the enemy strong, and that's an inadvertent way to just nerf the weapons we grinded for anyway. If suddenly enemies are stronger and resistant to all these amazing weapons that we farm for, then you're you're essentially nerfing the weapons. <laughs> you're not you're inadvertently doing it, right? You're not necessarily reaching in and saying the weapon's weaker. You're just saying, you know, enemies are gonna be uh, enemies are gonna be stronger. Um, whenever whenever I look at the 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 current the current weapon pool and I think about all the various ways that they could make the weapons better, we're always running into this problem of it's either going to trivialize content or break PvP. So they're going to have to lean into, I think, more PvE-focused perks. This is why I would love to have an update from Bungie about the weapon system. Because if not, we're always in that threshold of if the weapon becomes too strong, it breaks Crucible. And... I don't know how they're going to get around that. I don't know what they're going to come up with, but that's always a potential problem. Is 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 you e- you're either nerfing weapons uh, by buffing the enemies or nerfing weapons by lowering their efficacy. I don't want all of season twelve weapons that are better than anything this year, but how can they keep adding weapons without power creep? I feel like I just explained it. They the upper. You basically are creating two class of weapons. You have all of the good and the and and the solid, you know, the they get the job done, and then you have best in class standout weapons. 
and the category of best in class standout weapons is always eventually sliding off the end game viability table and something takes its place that's how you prevent power creep so the raid in beyond light is going to give you good standout really solid weapons those weapons will not be endgame viable a year later so whatever raid they build for witch queen they don't have to outdo your beyond light raid weapons they don't because these are the new raid upper echelon best in class weapons it's a category that always sort of gets refreshed instead of it being here's the upper echelon category these weapons are viable for forever well now we got to create another category above that and another category above that and above that and above that and above that that is power creep i i truly i don't mean this to be cruel or mean or unkind i don't think you and many people actually understand the term power creep and they use it when it doesn't apply i'm not saying in particular you don't understand it but in this particular exchange that we're having it seems like you don't nest, you don't genuinely understand power creep. Power creep is that every year weapons get stronger and they don't have to do that because of sunsetting. Sunsetting is an antidote to power creep. They don't have to outshine your raid weapons next year cuz your raid weapons get sunset and they're no longer end game viable. They're not going into dungeons or grandmasters or raids. They can no longer be infused, and therefore, they're still great, they're still awesome, but truth be told, if you take the Recluse before it got nerfed, if you take that into Strikes, if you take that and compare it to virtually all other primaries, you're not going to feel the difference as much. Why? Because you're going into content where everything is so unbelievably weak, it kind of doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if best-in-class standout raid weapons get sunset and get relegated to like public space content and strike content, because you're destroying everything in that content really fast anyway. Best-in-class weapons for Season 12 will last all year. How will Season 13 weapons be worth chasing if they aren't better? No, no, no. Now, that's a valid question. That is 100% a valid question. This is why they're going to have to invest in perk depth and perk diversity because you're making a totally valid point. If I get a bunch of standout dope weapons from Season 12, what on earth are you going to do to make me chase weapons in Season 13, 14, and 15? Spring, uh, winter, spring, and summer. How? What are you going to do? I, 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 I expressed this concern when they outlined Armor 2.0. If I get decked out with a bunch of great armor and I got all the stats that I want, why am I ever going to change my armor? And Bungie didn't have an answer to that initially. Initially, they were like, uh... And then they used the seasonal mod slot to kind of do it, but then that became too painful, so then they had to relax on the seasonal mod slot. They're relaxing on it even more in year four. So I truly don't have a great answer for you because they haven't really talked about how are you going to refuel incentive and and sort of uh, aspirational incentive. How are you going to refuel that every season? If I end the expansion Beyond Light with a really, really stellar, stellar uh, you know, loadout, what are you doing season to season? That was my point. Even with adept weapons, they can't just keep adding more best-in-class weapons. It either becomes a bunch of meh or power creep. Well, you have to understand, too, there's lots of different archetypes, and there's lots of different ways to make weapons really, really good. So, 
you could conceivably have a gun drop like the recluse and then in season 13 have an SMG that's good for different reasons and is also dope and best in class this is obviously a danger right if they make every single weapon in the raid a best in class tip of the pyramid weapon then yeah you're never going to really unseat it what they're going to have to try to do is create some flexibility within the archetypes and the power expression of those archetypes so that when 13 rolls around when the winter season rolls around you're like oh some of these new weapons they are pretty awesome they're they're as good or close to being good or maybe slightly better than what I have now and that's not going to be power creep that's not going to be like absurdly broken if they're all sort of living in that hemisphere right now we've never had a best in class hemisphere we have standout weapons that get nerfed and then they stop doing uh, pinnacle weapons because they they were becoming that problem so once they have a category of standout best in class so we can call that uh, Sobic for short S-O-B-I-C Sobic weapons <laughs> standout best in class once they kind of create that that category we have to see what they do with it over the span of 12 months doesn't each season push back the infusion date so season 12 loot and season 14 loot won't be sunset at the same time that's another really good piece of input I, th- I like, kind of like what Crispy just said Crispy is basically saying well you kind of always have a self interest in, pr- in pursuing a god roll because oh yeah this auto rifle is very similar to your god roll I- rifle from season 12 but this god rolls in 14 and will last longer you're always trying to kind of roll your loot forward right now Right now, it's basically like everything is in contention with itself. Kindled Orchid, Waking Vigil, you know, my Awestringer, my... All all of my weapons are basically in contention with each other. Because they can all be used. But what this will be is almost like a Venn diagram. It's like, oh, bunch of dope stuff this season. Next season. Yeah, there's really dope stuff to chase here. Some of it's kind of similar, but no worries. It pushes back my uh, my, uh, sunset date by a season. Next season, next season, next season, next season. So by the time you get to Witch Queen, you are letting go of some of your loadout and some of your weapons, but not all of it. You're not like, well, woof, you just slide everything off the table. All my stuff sucks now. No, you'll have stuff from spring and summer that are still totally fine for Witch Queen and can go into the Witch Queen raid. You're, you're, there's, there's, it's, it's always rolling forward. That's why when people say, oh, it's a loot treadmill, it's a loot treadmill. And it's like, okay, well, what we have now is like a loot trampoline where you just keep throwing loot on the trampoline and we're all jumping on the trampoline and the weapons are rising and falling and we're grabbing them, but they're all in each other's way and they're all they're all they're all piling up higher and higher and higher and they never leave, they never lose viability. So it's just like eventually, you know, you're choking the rose bush out. You're not pruning it so it can grow and flourish. It's it's the loot pool is literally bloating itself and killing itself. Recluse and on top are still king, even though they'll be sunset in four weeks. People will try to pull every bit out of those weapons. Well, Mountaintop's going to get nerfed, and Recluse is not king in Crucible right now. Auto rifles are. Recluse is not king in PVE. I mean, I use it if it's Void Burn, but there's plenty of primaries that hold their own against. I really prefer my Dire Promise with Overflow and uh, and Swash over over the Recluse. 
I don't understand. I need a food analogy. <laughs> so, I heard Witch Queen raid. Are we finally fighting Savathun? Yes, they announced the next three DLCs. This year is Beyond Light. Next year uh, is Witch Queen. She's also referred to as the Taken Queen, so I uh, I got to hear my... I thought that's what they were going to ta- call the expansion, but I guess they didn't want to. But they do refer to her as the Taken Queen. Taken King DLC, Taken Queen D- King DLC, Taken Queen DLC. I think that would have been awesome. Anyway, and then the last one, we don't know if it's the, at the end of Destiny. It likely isn't the end of Destiny, but the third one is called Lightfall. That's 2022. Uh, so... Um, it's speculated, but nothing is confirmed. No, no, no. It's not speculated. It's her. She is the witch queen. And the cutscene in this season where Savathun uh, is talked about by Eris, Eris puts a projection on the wall, and it's that green, like, projection, the symbol. And that's the same symbol on the witch queen um, artwork. It's it's 100% uh, Savathun. I guess they haven't come out and specifically said it, but, I mean, who else would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Who else would it be? Hezen. Yo, Lono, do you think weapon boons should have more depth via skill efficiency? I.e., if you complete an activity quick enough, efficiency enough, you yield more rewards than if you hadn't. I actually would really, really like them to give me a reason to stop running past everything in strikes. So I'm actually going to take your idea and flip it around and say, why not give me an incentive to kill all of the enemies for points or something? Maybe satisfy challenges, uh, the boss fight or whatever. Instead of turning strikes into a beat it as fast as you can, uh, run past all the enemies, don't really do who. Why are you killing these things? You know, how many times have I been in the in, in a strike running through the the? the infinite forest and I'm not even killing anything I'm like literally it's a parkour course like what so I would attach boon efficiency to strike scoring and maybe even have some challenges in the strike like they used to where you do something particular in the boss room or something I don't know and then you get like maybe the chance at a double drop from the boon or you increase the boon's uh, efficiency so you're getting almost a guaranteed drop if you play the strike in the right way because what what you would what you would want to do is you would want to make it clear, okay, this strike is taking a little bit longer than if I speed run it, but it's worth it because speed running is is making is is making the boon really ineffective. So yes, it's going to take me twelve minutes to beat a strike that typically takes me seven, but those extra five minutes are well spent because it it all but guarantees the drop maybe or something like that. You could do it with time and points. Yes, you could have both. I I think if you did this and you combine this with a lot of our requests about please bring back positive modifiers, please please bring back things like daybreak uh, and things to spice up the strike playlist, then you could easily say, "Oh man, this is actually a very fun week for this build or that build," right? And then you're you're playing in a different way week to week. Because if you're if you're if you're playing different week to week, that's how you keep things fresh. Like this is one of the reasons why I said they really should consider doing the something like they did with the snowballs, where 
week to week there's scorch cannons or swords or whatever the frick strewn about the strike so it just plays different uh I also had the idea of a uh, seasonal strike playlist that would have four or five strikes kind of rebuilt repackaged and have some cool fun things like that going on and then at the end of a season those five strikes rotate out and five more strikes rotate in so by the time you get done with the season you're kind of sick of those strikes and then the five other ones come in and it's like oh I've not done this in a while oh this is cool this is new we've not done this ever before with these modifiers and these you know SIVA charges are, are strewn about uh, that's how you keep content like that fresh See, that's the difference between reusing content and repurposing content. Reusing content is when they're like, hey, you gotta go get your umbral traces, go run Reckoning. You're like, okay, is there anything different going on in Reckoning? No, just go run Reckoning. Repurposing content is, here's this content, it's been changed, it's been updated, we've done some new stuff with it, and there's new loot to chase in that content. That's repurposing, that's not just reusing. And I think that difference is really important because repurposing, I think, is how you reinvigorate and make things feel fresh and new and not so boring and old and just run past everything. So. Yeah, in the, in the most recent interference mission, he re- Nocris refers to her as the Taken Queen. I got super excited when I heard it. That's why I know. I ran it twice, and both times I was like, you hear that? You hear that? He refers to her as the Taken Queen. So I don't know if they've actually ever said Witch Queen in dialogue, but they did, in fact, say Taken Queen uh, in the Interference mission. Because I got super excited, because I was like, I've been saying we're going to get a Taken Queen DLC for the longest time. Uh, And unfortunately, you know, they're not calling it that, but still. Darksider. I don't think how we acquire guns is an issue. The issue lies with the weapons being way too identical and too much of a side grade to be memorable. I think Bungie should focus first on making the guns more unique from each other first. Your thoughts? I don't feel like these things are at odds with each other because I don't think the team making the weapons and the perks are necessarily in charge of internal logistic loot pursuit systems. So we don't need to focus on one before the other. I would say focus on both. And I've argued for both. Listen, if you made me choose between the two, I would definitely go with your side and say, yeah, make the weapons and the perks better. And then if I got to do bounties and umbrals and I'm getting my loot in the tower, I guess I'll just have to suck it up. But at least the weapons would be more exciting and more fresh and, 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 and more worthy of pursuit. I want both of these things, not one over the other. I don't just want better logistical loot chase and then I'm chasing Rampage Outlaw hand cannons in year four. Like, that's not what I want. Oh, yay, it dropped from the boss. That totally makes up for the fact that this is the same dadgum weapon I had last year with the same perks. A better pursuit system isn't going to suddenly make up for the fact that the weapons are boring again. I mean, the sundial system was pretty good. It wasn't my favorite, but it was pretty good. At least it was inside the sundial. And that didn't make up for the fact that didn't make up for the fact that like it it was uh, it was it was a lot of weapons that we didn't really feel like we needed. Obviously, the Martyr's Retribution was really exciting because it was brand new. In that oh, the end of that strike. That's right. They talk about Eris talks about how you know Savathun's not as brazen or as her brother, and she'll only make her well, she'll. Um, she'll make her move when she's ready and we'll only know if we're wise enough to deduce it or something. Oh, she calls her the Witch Queen there. Okay. 
So she's referred to as the Witch Queen at the end of that strike by Eris, and then Nocris refers to her as the Taken Queen. I take them as interchangeable. Witch Queen more specific because she's a witch and she deceives people. Uh, and then Taken Queen, you know, is 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 her fulfilling the vacancy of Oryx. Eternal Darkness. If Bungie gives us boons, should they drop organically depending on how long you've been in activity? Or do we know use a certain resource to buy the boons from the corresponding vendor? Well, you would buy the boon from the vendor. And then when you activate it, you have four hours of the boon being active. And it becomes better the longer you're in the playlist. So when you hit strike number four, every strike after that, the percentage is better. Right? And if you tie it in with strike scoring, and maybe you go, like like I said, you go up higher in difficulty in the nightfall, then you have opportunities to get better versions of the gun, adept versions of the gun. Now you're in a system that really, really, you know, is is harmonious and it works together. Uh, You're, as as Creature wrote this for me, this heading, because I didn't have a good heading for this spot, it was going to be redundant, he wrote, make loot a pursuit. It, it, instead of a transaction, right? It's not a pursuit right now. You don't go out and pursue the weapon. It's a transaction. You spend a currency to get the loot or you complete a bounty or whatever. It's not pursuing. You're not, it doesn't feel like a pursuit. I'm not going into an activity and seeing it drop. You know? As opposed, as opposed, as opposed to, I mean, even, I don't even, I wasn't even a fan of the skeleton key grind, but it was certainly better than what, than what we're currently doing. The skeleton key grind was was still very very similarly like it was just very, uh, you know, it was still very much like a transaction, you know, and it was it was layered with too much RNG. Um, it's, I think it's it's always going to be the question of how often can they give us loot and how much intentionality can they can they give us over that loot pursuit before it folds in on itself, and I think Umbrals have folded in on themselves. King Keys. Do you think weapon boons should be bought similar to how we buy specific Umbral Ingrams, or should they just drop in the wild from specific activities? I like the idea of a boon being something that you purchase and then you just go run stuff and then they drop. Um... That's how I would do it. That's that's how I would do it. The it it needs to be something that's purchased and then just kind of passive in the background while you're playing. I love the idea of having an end screen crucible too where like I see oh I'm trying so hard to get this pulse rifle and other people are getting it and not me. Like I think that actually brings a really good air to the game. Now, obviously, as I said at the end of the talk, down here in this section, generosity and intentionality, I do think generosity can become, uh, it can be too much. You're you're burying me in loot, and that can become problematic. And it, like, when I end a play session, and all I've done is, like, uh, three strikes three strikes and two contact public events and then a couple reckonings for the umbrals and then the interference mission okay that usually is about an hour and a half play session 
and I walk away from that play session with anywhere from four to six gnawing hungers sometimes. Sometimes none, but sometimes four to six. I just don't know. That feels that now maybe if I was running a strike and I was I don't know how many how many would that be? You know, every 15 minutes. What 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 would that what would that end up being? Uh, that's four an hour. It would be roughly the same. It would be roughly the same. I think the difference is I'm not getting them all at the same time. So right now it's like an hour and a half goes by and then all of a sudden I get all the weapons at once. Okay? Instead of being like over the course of an hour and a half, I do end up getting six weapons, but I'm getting one every 15 minutes that I'm checking. Number one, that's hitting that dopamine hit. Keeps me going. Keeps me keeps me trying for it. Keeps me chasing. As opposed to running an hour and a half of strikes and then going to the tower and Zavala being like, here's four or five of the weapon that you're choosing. That's bad. What? No. That's not... No. See, do you see the difference? In both scenarios, generosity is happening. It and one is rhythmic, and one is waterfall. What rhythmic generosity is significantly better than waterfall. It. I. 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 I end a play session. I have zero care, or concern, or attachment to those weapons. It's all mechanical. I'm in the tower, like looking at perks. I delete a bunch and go about my day. If I'm ending a strike and it's my fourth or fifth strike and I get one and it's decent and I'm like, oh, I'm so close to a god roll, uh, you know, maybe I play for a little bit longer. Maybe I keep cracking off those strikes, hoping because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that 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 pull and that I'm getting I'm getting sort of um, you get sort of seduced by the loot pursuit, don't you? We've all been there. Ah, oh, dude, come on. One more, one more. We, we, I, I, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's going to be this next one. It's going to be this next one. So I, I, I would say it's not about, and I said this during the talk, like it's not about quantity. It's about the rhythm. And that's really what I was driving at. I wish I would have said it the way I just said it. Cause I think that it is better to say six weapons at the end of an hour and a half is not is not nearly as good as getting a weapon every 15 minutes one is in line and rhythmic and inviting and and pushes you to keep playing the other feels like a chore well my freaking ingrams are full better go to the tower and pop them all you know and then i walk away with a bunch of weapons and it doesn't feel like it's attached to my it doesn't feel like it's attached to the activity i'm not doing anything when i get the weapon i'm in a menu as opposed to being in the world and seeing it drop, seeing it bounce along the ground. It, then it, then it, it's attached to the activity. My mind gets sort of tethered to it. You know what I mean? I mean, Sinnoh's 83, you were asked to chill. So, I mean, I guess now dad has to step in and tell you to stop. Like, no one was rude to you. So... I mean, maybe this will sound rude. Politely shut the frick up and move on. Was that too rude for your sensitive sentimentality? If you're crying right now and shaking, you know, I don't know. Maybe the internet's not the place for you. Like, settle down. He wasn't rude to you, and you're still on it. Grow the frick up, man. It's the internet. Uh... Do, 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 do. Was this a new question? Yeah. 
I don't necessarily like or dislike the boon idea, but instead of a boon, why can't we just have strike-specific loot again and drops and strikes and other activities that give us a targeted grind for that way? I mean, the reason I came up with the boon idea, okay, the reason I like the boon idea is because this gets really, really narrow and can inadvertently invalidate the playlist. So... How many strikes are we going to have during Beyond Light? What, I know, 10 or 12? Somewhere in that somewhere in that number. I don't know the exact number. Somebody will put it in chat here in a moment, and we'll know the exact number. Let's say it's 13 strikes, okay? The, the way that you would do it individually, so then I'm assuming you would need 13 weapons, right? 13 drops they're not all going to matter to you so how am I going to chase them am I going to go to orbit when I get the strike that I don't want can I just go to the director and pick the strike that I want and literally run it all day do you see like I don't really understand the the way I don't know I don't really understand the way you would implement it that's why when I was thinking about this that's what I came up with I was like oh why not just have a weapon pool for the activity for all for the strike playlist they are strike specific pieces of loot and then they can drop from any boss so you're getting to target the gun that you want you're getting to target the the vanguard pulse rifle that's what you want and instead of going into one strike or always having to back out when you don't get the strike that you want. No, you just go into strikes and that pulse rifle can drop from any of the bosses because the boon is popped and you're working on the strike score or whatever the heck, you know, b- boosts its drop rate. To me, it's a looter, gro- looter shooter grind grain. Gr- to me, it's a looter shooter grind game. So knowing this activity has this gun I want feels good to me and not just strikes all activities. Well, then you're in agreement with my system because you would go to Crucible and Shax would say, you know, hey, I have these three weapons. They're new this season. And if you grab this boon for the next four hours, every time a, every time a Crucible match ends, it has a chance to drop. And the longer you're in the playlist, the greater the chances. So have at it, Guardian. You do the same thing with Gambit. This is how you, I think, this is how you reinvigorate these playlists. I'm not going to go run Gambit ever unless you put something in there worth chasing. Right now, the armor is homogenized, okay? So the Gambit armor and the Crucible armor and the Strike armor is all the same. It's just got different decals. So there is no specific reason to go run Gambit unless you really like the appearance of of the armor if they do the same thing with guns if they're like yeah we got a world pool uh, a world loot pool of these four or five guns and they can drop anywhere strikes crucible or gambit the only people that are going to go into gambit are people that already like it you're never going to get me in there but if you introduce a brand new gambit weapon and i really really like the look of it and i really really like the perk potential and I can get a boon from drifter and go run some gambit matches and i get some decent drop rates on that weapon You'll actually get, you know, Lono, hater of Gambit, to play some Gambit. 
and the people who like Gambit will feel like their 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 token mode, or the people who like Crucible, their token mode, feel like they're getting some love and some uh, some injection of freshness. I don't think you reinvigorate Crucible Strikes and Gambit by homogenizing their armor and their weapon pools. That's going to be an enormous mistake. That's an enormous mistake. I like the spirit of saying Umbrals can drop everywhere. You don't have to live in contact public event. I think the spirit of that was good, but I think they should have reverse engineered them and said, if you want a gnawing hunger... configure the recaster and for the next two or three hours gnawing hungers will drop from reckoning or gambit you've now reinvigorated reckoning and gambit with a weapon that is contextual to those activities and if I want a gnawing hunger I gotta go there to get it that's what they should have done now the loot's dropping in the world but you're still letting me target it as opposed to right now, I don't ever have to touch Gambit or even think about Gambit or Reckoning, and I can get gnawing hungers all day long. So, I think individual pools for that, I think are great. I meant activity has specific loot like the new activity they've not talked about. And certain strikes having certain guns to go for. Yeah, but you just hopped over the category, bro. You're confusing me now. To say you want an activity to have specific loot, and then to say you want that applied to an individual strike, that's you're, you're jumping categories. That's like saying, I want a particular gun to drop from an individual map in the Crucible. I, why, why single out an individual strike? It doesn't make any sense. 17 strikes now, removing 7, adding 3, plus announce new strikes on Europa and other destinations. So was I right when I said 13? Am I that good? Am I that lucky? Is today Jimmy Shaker Day? Yeah, I would never want to do it that way again. I don't want to go down into individual strikes and give them their own drops. I want the strike playlist to be appealing. I do. I think it should be appealing for a particular reason. And I think you do it with a loot pool and you do it with something like that, like a drop, like a, you know, a, a, a drop boon or something like that. How's that jumping? I'm saying specific loot in strikes and new activities. Okay. A strike is attached to an activity playlist. And, it, and the same way that the, stru- the crucible maps are attached to a crucible playlist, the same way that when I ran Sundial week to week, it was there were different bosses there were different challenges right we sometimes we went and did the hammer of dawn sometimes we went and did some of the other ones each each activity exists in like a hopper menagerie was different week to week menagerie was not always the same the bosses rotated the activities rotated sometimes you get repost sometimes you get the others arcborn and the rest so to me when i look at strikes it's like strikes don't exist like on their own like I'm just gonna go run strange terrain all freaking day I'm gonna go into the strike playlist and get drops yeah the flare cloaks and the grass of Malak and the Imago loop I don't think that fundamentally works long term because eventually you're turning the playlist against itself you're turning one of the core funnels of activities in the game against itself. No, 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 no. Don't go run strikes. Just go run this. Just go run Undying Mind. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 you're getting it now. Sorry, I might not have been clear. I feel like the strike playlist starts to cannibalize itself if you're like, all these individual strikes have individual drops, because then you're like, well, then I don't want to be in the playlist. I just want to go run that strike. And I think that that's counterproductive. I'll give you another example. Menagerie had a different boss each week, and I would not have liked it if each individual boss had their own drop because then you got to wait like four weeks to try to get the drop again. I think maybe even back then I might have argued for that. Like, yeah, let the boss have their own individual drops. But the problem is a season only has three months and you're spending almost an entire month waiting for your for your time for your boss to come back around instead of saying you would buy a man like the, the menagerie chalice essentially was that right you configured it and that's what dropped i just think it should have popped out of the boss instead of the chest but i just want to bring back loot pursuit stuff dropping and i you know and i i, I run over it and check it and i have control over what i'm pursuing Making the playlist themselves more productive as opposed to certain things. Ex- oh, exactly. See, you're catching it. You're catching the vision that, it, like, if you get down too narrow into an individual strike or an individual boss, like, let's say the new seasonal activity has different bosses. You don't want to get down to the individual bosses. You want to say, no, this activity can drop these weapons and these pieces of gear, and we're going to equip you to target farm so you're in the activity a bunch and you're feeling rewarded for your time. Next question from Nova Hands. Hey Lono, would you extend weapon boons into raid or dungeon environments, or do you think that these drops are better suited for completely random? Could targeted farming in those activities be a motivator for engagement? This is a fantastic question, and I you, I've talked about this a lot with respect to the the newest dungeon. Part of me just like loot tied to strikes too, like grasp. I liked it, unholy, and I'm trying to recapture that spirit without turning the playlist against itself and I think you would get that with weapon boons because you could chase grasp of Malak but you wouldn't get so you wouldn't get freaking tired of Omnigol you'd be able to just stay in the playlist and keep getting grasps every once in a while now to the question about the raid from Nova Hands I think the loot logistical system in Prophecy Dungeon is perfect first week you go in you get drops and that's your pool that's your pool of potential drops and you can just play as many freaking times as you want and as the weeks go on it's like a punch out system new things drop that you haven't gotten yet so your potential pool gets bigger and you can just play as much as you want um, so after about a month you've unlocked the entire raid pool and so no one can get everything in the first week or two that would literally be impossible after a month if you've been playing the raid every week you've unlocked the entire pool of armor as well as the guns and then you uh you can play it as much as you want and you can go for the god rolls and you can you can uh you can you can get that sense of uh, pursuit, so you don't have to do weapon boons. You got to be careful with raids and dungeons and stuff. You got to be really really careful. You got to keep it in line. Uh, you got to keep it in line with the 
the essence of a raid and the spirit of a raid without it turning into uh how do I want to say this I don't think every single loot pursuit should be identical to the to the next I think your core activities gambit crucible strikes should all have a similar style of loot pursuit they all have NPCs you know you all you all have they all have those uh, those loot pools and those boons and then when you leave there and you go to like a dungeon or a raid or even trials, they have their own loot pursuit um, rules and their own their own systems. I think that's uh, that's a great way to do to do the systems because if not, it's going to start to feel way too samey. If raids feel almost exactly the same way as you know, the the strikes that I've been playing all day or all week or crucible or whatever, I think it's going to start to get too, too samey. It's going to start to feel like you're never really doing anything different. It's just the, obviously you're in different activities and different loots dropping, but I would like to spice it up a little bit. Adept variants of raid and dungeon loot should be tied behind challenges and triumphs within their respective activity. Everybody can get the base variants randomly. This is exactly why I think you need normal and hard mode raids to return. You're playing the normal mode of the raid. You're gearing up. You're getting all the dope stuff. You're getting the guns and the mods, the intrinsic perks and the whatnot. And then you're getting, that's you getting ready for hard mode because hard mode's where the real, where the real cheddar is. That's where the real prize is, is in the, uh, the hard mode. That's, that's how I would do it. I would set it up. I would set it up in that way. I, I think you have to return normal hard mode. It's going to be really weird for Vog to come back and not have a normal hard mode. Same thing with King's Fall and the others when they come back. They more than likely will be. Behemoth. Hi, Lono. My main problem now is to get the loot I want at the endgame content to reach max level. I suggest you have armor also to diversify the loot. What do you think? Well, this question is kind of confusing me. Uh, my main problem is now to get the loot I want at the endgame content to reach max level. Well, so you got two. you got two questions going on here. Uh, first is about leveling. I think leveling should be a lot more automatic and a lot more linear so you don't get stuck. I, I, I've thought that for a while. And the, the, na- the nature, the nature of, uh, of leveling is, it's fine if it, in essence, you know, sort of is a gateway to the, to the harder echelons of content. I think that's fine. Uh, but I don't think that it should be slow and RNG based and frustrating. Just level as long as you're playing. And then that would assist with the first half of your question. As far as like suggesting having armor to diversify the loot, well, sure. Yeah. If you really like the, 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 the armor and you really are going for a full set, sure. You get a boon for the boots or the gauntlets and you run and you just keep letting them drop and you wait for really good stats that's awesome that's a great system uh i would uh, i would get behind something like that cuz that's going to that's a similar you're you're having a uh, a similar experience you're just it's a matter of what do you prioritize young crisis actor says i got a god roll cold denial from a crucible match and I remember feeling really satisfied by the fact that it dropped post-game. Why do you think Bungie is generally stingy with PvP rewards? I don't know. 
I really, really don't. They got such a positive response. If you remember Rise of Iron, they had consistently gotten feedback on Iron Banner, and they went into the Iron Banner uh, loot drop systems, and they made them significantly more generous, and it was generally... It was highly, highly praised. People were very, very happy, and and I, it, I, as far as I know, it seemed like the engagement numbers went up. Uh, the the engagement numbers were good, and generally, they got really positive responses from the increased generosity, Iron Banner, uh, that happened post Rise of Iron. That was a was a pretty common theme. So I don't know why that happened and they sort of were like, yeah, but we're going to go back to being low drop rate stingy bounty based. Uh, I don't know. Um, it, it would, uh, we, yeah, yeah. It does say we keep it squeaky instead of squeaky clean. <laughs> Uh, good catch, Hemulin. Family friendly. We keep it squeaky. You can keep us on at work or working from home to pass a time with no worries of muting or covering kiddos' ears. We don't stray into the vulgar, offensive, or tasteless. <laughs> Creature. We keep it squeaky. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, shout for the starts, dude. Shout for the starts. My hope would be to answer this question, uh, and kind of move on to the next. My hope would be that the updates and things we've been hearing about from Bungie enables them uh, enables them to be better about post-game drops as well as drops from a boss. So they're fiddling around with scripts and stuff, right? They're fiddling around with, you know, quest script and uh, and the physics script and all of that. Um, and because of that, I would hope that, we, that, that some of the some of the benefits could be that now we can have stuff pop out of the boss. Think about it. The quest script getting moved to the physics scripting it might allow them to do that. So instead of having everything pop out of a f- freaking chest, we can actually have bosses kaboom, like ding 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 ding, and the thing pops out post match crucible similar thing instead of getting everything when you get back to the orbit or whatever the heck that is maybe that'll that'll be one of the benefits because that's I think that's been one of the downfalls of uh of this uh of this year of of the era that we're in right now is nothing nothing drops and match and nothing pops out of the boss I think the best drops right now are exotics. You hear it, you see it, you run over and you check it right away. And if a, and if an Ingram popped out of a boss, you know how primes and umbrals look different? Boon drops could look different. It could be like fling and it pops out and it lands and there's something going on with it, you know? Instead of the the stuff going up like the 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 little lights and the physical things going up they could be coming out on the sides like maybe it's got like a Saturn ring kind of around it and you're like oh I got one and you run over and you pick it up I'd rather see my loot drop from an enemy's corpse instead of a random chest that magically appears yeah I really hope that that's one of the benefits of the switch from the the questing script switching over to the physics script that would be awesome. Next question from Nagi. Would those boons 
be used to chase a specific weapon or boost the drop weight of a certain weapon pool. I think one factor that made Umbral Ingrams uninteresting before you pick them up is there is no excitement about whether or not you get the weapon you want. Oh, exactly. No, no, no. This is exactly right. This is why I think it'd be better to be something you configure and then it drops out in the world. So every drop is exciting. You're going to go run over it and check it and and, uh, and examine it. I think that's exactly right. Because right now, in the truth is, the truth is, umbrals are cool looking. They're all smoky, and you you can see them from far away. They kind of remind me of when it used to be pretty exciting to get a Prime. Ouch. They're really, really cool, and yet you... you, uh, I just messed up the the, the form by hitting my desk. Um, They're really, really cool, and yet there's literally no excitement anymore. You're like, I got to take this to the tower. (laughs) It's like a homework assignment. It's like when somebody gets you something and you had the the thing that you wanted, they knew what you wanted. And they're like, well, if you don't like it, you can take it back. And it's like, thank you for the gift of a chore. I can't wait to go to the store to return this. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it's kind of that's kind of what it feels like a little bit. Uh, I'm being told to refresh the page. So let's reload. And maybe it won't say squeaky. It still says we keep it squeaky. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it hasn't fully updated yet. Uh, so, oh, I think I... Did I scroll away? Yeah, I scrolled away from Nagi. That's fine. That's fine. I was ready to move on uh, anyway. Table JFK. Could the idea of weapon boons properly coexist with exotic boons that one uses for ordeal nightfalls while still maintaining a fair amount of incentive involved RNG for lack of better term. Okay, so the weapon boon idea was actually born out of an exotic boon idea where the the idea was now that we're chasing certain pieces of armor, I would like to go to Zer and be able to weekly buy an exotic boon. So I want to get a great roll on shards of Galanor as an example. You know, maybe not anymore, but there was there was a time where I would. So I go to Zur and I buy that boon, and that whole week, whenever I'm running the Nightfall, that's the that's the higher chance exotic drop rate that's going to drop for me. So every you know every second or third exotic is a shards drop. So the boon idea was actually born out of that. That was my first sort of iteration of a boon. The idea that you would go to Zur and be like, hey, all that I'm getting now are are armor pieces and there's a lot of armor and this is the particular one that I want. And so you would do it one a week because then you you would basically have to spend that week going for a good roll You'd spend that week going for a good roll, and then the next week you could move on to another one. You're giving us a little bit of control over the exotic pursuit, but not in a way that is, you know, wholly invalidating to like the idea of it, you know, being a chase and a pursuit and it taking time and it it not being something you can do right away. Um, so, 
I, I think what you're what you're outlining here is exactly sort of the 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 spirit of what I'm I've been getting at. Death Bobcat says What if at some point I don't have any more weapons to grind? Would it make sense to also grab armor boons, for example? Yeah, unfortunately we already had this question. Um this is one of the reasons it's great to use the Discord. Uh, Want to support the show? Conveniently down here, little self-plug. Here are the various tiers. Any tier of support can submit questions before I go live. Uh, so submitting questions in the chat's great. It's a live way for you to submit questions. You're able to do that as a paid supporter. But you also have access to the Q&A room in the Discord before I go live. And somebody beat you to the punch here. But yes, to restate it again, I do think... Having the armor boons as well would be nice. And we did hit 655 likes. We love to see the like count roll over. Uh, If you haven't clicked like, please do so every time it rolls over. So if it hits 700, the video gets recommended more and more people end up here. If you haven't clicked subscribe, please do that. It's free to subscribe. All these tiers here that you can see of support, that's from clicking the join button. The subscribe button is free to push. Um, so yeah, armor pursuit would definitely be attached to this. Ashen Hollow. In your opinion, does the precision damage multiplier of red bars need to be unnerfed, especially regarding high end where primaries feel like pea shooters? Uh, there's two significant problems with Delta endgame content. One of them is your primary weapon basically feeling like garbage against trash ads. There are too many trash ads. Uh, for that rhythm of combat to get so slow and cumbersome. And roaming supers are literal trash in the endgame as well for similar reasons. Clearing out a bunch of ads with a roaming super would actually be somewhat helpful in some of the endgame environments. Grandmaster Nightfall would be one that I'm thinking of in particular. But they're so weak and terrible that you end up not using it. You'll probably die and kill almost nothing anyway. And in a similar vein, our primary weapons feel like utter trash in the endgame. I actually came up with a very different solution for this problem. I said that the minute they turn on contest modifier, it should always come with an intrinsic exotic small arms modifier. So, when you go into that type of content, exotic primaries now have a role. So you're going to run Izanagi's, this guy's going to run Xenophage, and I'm going to run Mita Multi-Tool, or you know, Huckleberry or Suros Regime because now I'm the ad control guy if you went into endgame content and you suddenly felt an exotic primary holding its own against trash ads, that would be a significant benefit now obviously, exotic small arms isn't going to suddenly make your Mida or your Huckleberry shred majors and bosses it would mainly give you the ability to maintain good trash ad control which is commonly a significant pain point in that content it just it takes so much ammo to take down a small group of enemies now as far as roaming supers go personally (laughs) I think in PvE you should be virtually unkillable when you're in a roaming super and I think roaming supers should have their damage scaled significantly uh, better when you're in endgame content. Um, because if not, they end up just, again, they fall off the, the playing field. It was when, uh, it was like playing through Division 1 
and they had all these cool abilities. They had a little cool grenade launcher and seeker mines and all this stuff. It was really, really cool. And then you got into the end game and everything was so strong, you just stacked up med kits, your whole team. So all of your cool abilities and, and tech got squashed down. And supers are in a similar position. It's like, oh, this is awesome, dude. I can run around and slam the ground and throw hammers and, and tickle fingers. And I can roam around and just shred these ads, generate orbs from, from my buds. And then you go to the end game and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Take that freaking super off, you moron. You can't use that. You're, gonna, you're just going to go out there and die. And you're not going to kill anything, right? So you should be virtually unkillable when you're in a roaming super and you should also have significantly more damage against the trash ads when you're in a roaming super even even in uh, even in end game end game you know contest modifier um, stuff Ashnell says is it a good way to look at sunsetting as sort of a breath of the wild loot granted it's not exactly the same but my weapons breaking in breath of the wild kept me exciting uh, I kept getting my 20th royal sword or shield um man I get where you're coming from but I don't necessarily feel like you're going to be speaking to the people that are concerned about the, the sun setting loot treadmill if you're telling them hey you're going to get your 20th royal sword or shield <laughs> you're going to get your 20th you know, better devils. Uh, they still never really established what it would, <laughs> what it would feel good uh, to get other uh, other gear uh, or multiple versions or whatever. So I don't necessarily think. Now I understand where you're coming from, and I resonate with this. I do. I'm like, yeah, I remember. Like, I remember that in Breath of the Wild, and I kind of liked it. It kind of worked, right? It it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, However, I don't think if you're trying to sort of calm the frustrations or fears of the anti-sunsetting crowd, I don't think you're going to do it with this analogy or sentimentality. They're going to be like, that's precisely what we don't want. (laughs) That's precisely what we don't want uh, is to be like, yay, you broke my royal sword only to give me another one a couple months later. Um, so, yeah, I loved Breath of the Wild and I know the, the, the weapon futility or breaking and all that got to people eventually. I didn't mind it. In some games, I hated it in, in dying light. I absolutely got so, I got so friggin' tired of that. You'd spend all that time making a weapon and after like one play session, the thing would be needing repaired. And I think eventually they broke anyway. Oh, it drove me crazy, you know? This is where comparing games gets convoluted. We can't input systems from other games into D2. We gotta think of ideas with uh, within the systems, I think you meant to say, with systems. Well, I think comparing games is actually helpful. You're like mega anti-game comparison. Every time it happens, you, your, your hackles get raised. I actually find it to be very helpful sometimes because you can enumerate, I think, as an example, Division does the daily targeted farm the daily targeted farm uh, item and I remember I think it was 30 and so gaming that brought this up on the Rages Roundtable and I was like oh my gosh I love that I would love to see that that specific thing put in Destiny 
So I actually do think sometimes comparing games into the way that they do loot delivery and loot pursuit actually can be beneficial to other games. I mean, I consistently reference Minecraft Dungeons uh, with respect to uh, difficulty spectrum modifiers. I reference Minecraft Dungeons with modifiers, making content feel different. Um, the respect they give, they don't paralyze. I've made comparisons to the way they do the currency. The way I invest my currency in Minecraft Dungeons, whenever I'm upgrading like a piece of armor and I'm, I'm spending that currency, whenever I dis, uh, destroy that armor, I get it all back. So I don't have currency paralyzation, which is what happens in Destiny. I'm like, I don't want to take this armor all the way up to level 10 because I won't get it all back when I dismantle it eventually to dump into another piece of armor, right? So comparing those currency spend, you know, uh, systems, I actually think is helpful. Do you want the same systems from Division and Destiny 2 or do you want to have it be its own way when they do it? I don't know if ever we've I don't know if we've ever had a conversation where people have compared another game and said we need to 100% shove this system into Destiny identical to how it is in this game. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Um, I have never seen it. Um, as far as loot dropping from a boss and loot explosions we, we, are, we reference Borderlands. And I've pushed back and say, you know, there's only so many things that can pop out of a boss before it would be a little silly. But I think the loot explosion at the end of the Haunted Forest right now is in a good place. Most of it's currency, but it still looks cool. Um, so, and in this particular situation, all Ashen was trying to say was, in another game, losing loot and getting more loot felt fresh and got it was something that he enjoyed. And he thinks this is a helpful way to look at sunsetting. So even in this particular scenario, he's not saying shove something from Breath of the Wild into Destiny. He's saying, when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I actually kind of liked that feeling of losing something that I valued because then I replace it with something else. And he's saying for him in particular, that's a good way of thinking about sunsetting. I happen to think that the people that don't like sunsetting won't care about his his perspective uh, in in this uh, in this particular situation because most of the people that are anti sunsetting are actually fearful of what he's outlining is getting the same item again in the future and Bungie certainly didn't help us by reissuing gnawing hunger and not changing anything about it so. We got really close to 700 lights. We're at 673. So close. Help us roll that over if you haven't hit like yet. Also, these are the only things I kind of harp on is the like button and the sub button. They are free to hit and it helps the channel. And it also helps you not miss out on the content. Subscribing is free on YouTube. If you click join, that's a paid membership and it comes with all the various perks. And then obviously here are all the various things that we cover and all the value points of the show. And then these are the various perks that offer you the different things. We're going to transition to a VIP call-in session. And that's why these perks are important when you up to that VIP. You can call in and talk to me live on the air in Discord. So we'll be doing that shortly, so don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, any of the Spotify uh, you know, podcast platforms, you can always catch us live at saynotorage.com. And don't forget to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com is a central hub for all my content, the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and the SNTR Presents sessions like we had today. So you can have it all in one spot. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that took place after my Weapon Boons discussion. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Also, if you want all this content in one location, one convenient location, go to sntrnetwork.com. SNTRnetwork.com is one hub for all of my shows. Uh, the Rageous Roundtable returns, so it's there. Repeat Theater and SNTR Presents. There are schedules and tools coming out all the time to make the site more useful for you. We got Greg calling in first today. Going to unmute you. What do you got for me today, sir? I got I got a whole bunch of fun for you about the, the new light player experience. Okay. Because... <sighs> I have a really big problem with how they handle players coming into the game right now. And I don't know if that's due to, you know, them having a plan to revamp it or not. So, like, I don't know if anybody's actually played through what it's like to be a new player. Or, you know, took anybody through recently. Because, you know, I've been trying to take somebody that I know through the game. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, it's, it's frustrating. Like, I'm willing to do it. Because when I first played the game... I didn't play Destiny 1, and I'll, you know, I'll happily admit that, even though I love the game, I never played Destiny 1, but I had no idea how to play this game, or what the heck was going on Mm -hmm. when I first joined, and I had to have a friend who introduced me to it, show me everything, right, and now I'm like this really hardcore player, but like trying to teach people how to play the game, while you're trying to play and having to hold their hand for every single step because the game doesn't explain really anything mm-hmm. is, is is very frustrating i mean they from what you have to to way you learn the game is you play through the red war right but that's not a required thing to do anymore it's now just an optional kind of legacy quest right. so a lot of the systems that you learn and everything it's like unless you go and play through that you just kind of have to figure it out yeah and and that's just for basic controls which okay for a lot of people it's intuitive but the person i'm playing you know they don't really play a lot of fps games or anything like that Mm -hmm. um so it's like you know introducing them to a type of game that they never played that you know looked interesting and that they like it because like i play it and so i feel like if they if they brought and it also doesn't help is the amount of system changes that have happened over the last like two years yeah you know even even this year we've had a, a couple of overhauls on things which if you're somebody who's just joined and are getting the ropes and just kind of got used to it you're not you're gonna be like wait what does that mean wait why is this change you know so they really have to and i said it in chat yesterday you know when they when they bring the new lighted player experience they need to bring the overhauls at the beginning of the season and not touch them for a little while Especially when you have people coming in from Game Pass and coming in from the from the new consoles, because you know maybe there are people like me who mainly play PC or who, who are just getting a new console and go, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll play Destiny 2 now because it's looking like it's going to run really, really well, and they got a new update coming out. You know, I'm going to join the game. And if they right. like put an overhaul in, like three months later, for like I know people want like Weapons 2.0 or something, but if they overhaul it in like three months or four months in. It's just going to get confusing for people who are just trying to learn how to play the game with all the content that's available. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to handle some of that with respect to, like, if they're always having to go to the Cosmodrome, if that's the kickoff every time, with, is that is that going to start to feel like an outdated starting point? Um, I don't know. And I also... I don't mind... So you, you, people were saying... 
if the Cosmodrome is kind of annoying because if it's just for new light, then it's not that much content. I'm like, well, how big is Europa? I mean, we got the whole map. And to be honest, if Europa is the size of like three or four planet spaces as is, because it, it looks pretty, I don't know if it's gonna be that big, but it looks pretty big. I'm okay with the Cosmodrome just being for new light for now, you know, and having expansion later. But I mean, this paragraph here, I mean, they say you'll have the opportunity to take a few weapons out for a spin, find engrams and try different armor and see our progression systems and have time to learn how to navigate user interface to understand quests, bounties, collections and more. So it it, it actually sounds like it is going to be a little, you know, clinical, you know, handholdy tutorial. I it I think it sounds promising for new light players. I, I had I the too. opposite response. I actually think this is potentially making the the cosmodrome you know less less about us when it first arrives and more about them if that makes sense yeah and i'm really excited for that i think when they say the opportunity to do those things i really hope they mean like they're gonna make you go into the menus and click on those things and, and like you know put on the armor show you how to insert mods show you how to like look at your super screen and explain like what they do and like i said again maybe have i really think the game would benefit from having those you know little banner pop-ups with a short like clip showing somebody using a skip grenade or something to show oh when you throw it it bounces off the ground and it follows into the enemy or something you know because when you try to like yeah there's a little tooltip descriptor but like some people don't even know that they can change their supers you know like I'm not saying, like, there are, like, yeah, there are, nobody likes to, like, you know, have those kinds of people on their fire team and things, but that's how I was when I first played the game, and there are a lot of people that are still like that, and I think, to a degree, you need to have, you know, the open world stuff, but you do need to also have, like, the Lego build, the Lego kit thing, where you get told, this is how you do stuff, okay, now that you understand how to access these systems and go through them, yeah. now you can start to explore that on your own, but They're right gonna... now, they just kind of, like, toss people in and go, oh, have fun. I think they're going to have to, especially with the supers, because Stasis has aspects and fragments. I I right. can't see them hoping people just figure that out. I mean, if you're going to add this huge update to how we interact with our uh, 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 just one subclass for now, I think eventually they're bringing it to all of them. But they're going to have to walk people through that, because if not, that's a huge quality improvement that people won't even they won't even be aware of or, or interact with. I think they need to... I. Part of me is tempted to say they need to add a, a cutoff point for Europa until you've done certain things because I feel like it's it's quite deep into the story and also, yeah, they need to do a little story recap because Bungie, I, look, I love Bungie, but their marketing and advertising doesn't explain anything about the game at all, okay? Like, you get it's an FPS game and you get it's an action game, but now we're in Destiny 2. And if you join, all the story content is optional, for at least for legacy stuff. And the new mm-hmm. stuff, it's like, you don't really need to do it. But then people go, oh, I'm not going to keep playing because I don't understand what's happening, you know? Um, and yeah, again, with the stasis stuff, I mean, that's that's going to be more new systems even for us. And I think that they should probably have like a prerequisite for how much content you've done maybe to unlock the planet because I think it's going to be a lot of interesting interesting material to work with i kind of feel like they're gonna have a 
a stasis aspects fragment sort of walkthrough because it is a brand yeah. new system and as we get it I would think they would funnel us through some form of process like hey here's your first aspect here's your first fragments go equip them and see how they interact with each other and then that'll probably be the end of it and then you'll just know from that point on when you get more of those they that's that's where you go to to fiddle with them and check them out they're they're in that part of your menu yeah i i hope so i i think you're right i think that is what they're gonna do um the only other thing the last thing that i have to add about the new light player the new light player new player light experience whatever mm-hmm. is that they also again with the communication if they're going to become like this much bigger game and they're going to be more i mean they kind of people kind of roll with it as is but the updates like if you want to know anything about what's changing in the game you have to go to their website or you have to go to like twitter i know that steam has like a thing but i'm gonna implore people to really ask themselves like do you really read steam like really or do you just like right because i i just right click the game and play play all right um they need to make the thing pop up and say look here's some patch notes go and read it or have an in-game patch note system because otherwise people will just start playing the game and be and not even realize that they've changed things. Well, and they could do a news board. They're already kind of doing that. Like it pops up and says, hey, every once in a while the pop-up says yeah. about the content leaving and then, hey, here's what's coming next week. And then the trials thing pops up. I would love for there to be even on the director itself, a news board. So if you, because sometimes yes. I click out of that screen by mistake, and I'm like, oh, "What the fuck? What? Huh? I'm like, "What did it say?" <laughs> yeah. So if it, if if all of that was in a uh, was in a news a news board, so if you click through it, or if they're just saying like, "Hey, we've got patch notes. Click for more," and then you could click for more, and it would like it would like put it would like put them all yes. in game because it's just text. I mean, that's not going to take up that much space. Exactly, and I mean. It does exist in the game right now. It does exist, but it's it, it's on the character selection screen in the bottom right corner in this tiny little like thing that you can click on that I only noticed probably two months ago. Patch notes are in the game. I'm being told. How is that? They're not. They're not in the game. But if you like, it's on the. If you go to the character selection, and on the bottom right, it will take you to like their latest update things. But it's like they don't make note of it and they don't show you that it's there. Like they don't try to, you know, do anything with it to say, oh, by the way, have a look at this. This is where you can see the last, the latest updates or whatever. It's just, it's just there in like a really tiny, um, yeah, little box basically. It glows and throbs. That's what she said. So if I click... <laughs> no, it doesn't glow and throb. It's not doing no, it anything doesn't. right now. It's it just sitting there. It doesn't do anything, no. It, like it does have the the latest stuff, I think. I'm pretty sure it links to the up, like actual updates, but it doesn't. It's so unnoticeable and so unremarkable that like nobody. I fall. I bet you. I just blew like a hundred people's minds because they didn't even know it was there. <laughs> like, well, and but yeah, they they need to do that. They need to have something visible for people to see. These are the changes, or go look at our changes here. Yeah, I would, I would say, oh, it glows after an update. Okay, I still think what, what we, this is not a front burner issue, but I do think it would be pretty dope to have yeah. a a news board that you can go to in the director if I accidentally click through whatever the pop-up was 
and they could put the patch notes in there. Uh, that's not a front burner issue. The people that do truly no. care about it are probably going to go see it. But like, they could even do a Cliff's Notes version. Hey, we buffed these weapons. Take them for a spin, and that's. I think right. people would be like, "Oh no way, they buffed that. Let me try it out." And then, and then people are you know shaking up their uh, their loadout. Yeah, because I mean, do people really care about whether they buffed it twenty five or three? I mean, like the hardcore guys who have to have the highest DPS will, but most people just want to see like, oh, did this get a damage buff, or did this like you know is this now worse or you know, what did they add to the game? You know, they don't, they don't really, a lot of people yeah. aren't going to be looking at the difference between 27% and 30% difference, you know? They just want to know if it got better or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think those, those would be, those would be good things. And uh, obviously with the, with the, the funnel filling up in November, the, the changes they're doing in the tutorial and all that, uh, I would think given that, Luke Smith drew attention to the bad new light experience pretty early this year and said that they kind of underestimated the number of people coming in. I would say it's been a front burner refining process for a while, which gives me hope that they did make really good changes. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm very ho- hopeful and, and very excited for, for new players. Um, I'm kind of jealous that they're going to get to experience the game for the first time as is. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, yeah, I think it'll be good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling in and going to mute him. Always remember to remute yourself, guys. Some of you haven't called in uh, recently. Uh, I mute you for the broadcast, but everybody else in voice chat can still hear you if you don't uh, if you don't mute yourself. So I'm going to come down to uh, King Keys. If you're uh, if you're no longer near the forklift and the trucks that we're backing up, unmute yourself and go ahead. Or do I need to go to somebody else? He's mate. Oh wait, he's typing. One sec, he said. All right. Can only stall for so long, sir. Might circle back to you. I can always go to somebody else and come back to you. If that's better. And I think I'm going to do that. There you go. Go ahead. All right. So what I wanted to ask you about. You're super quiet. Hello? 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 You're you're quieter now. Is this better? There you go. Alright. So, I wanted to ask about the Cosmodrome. So, Bungie said that, you know, old stuff will be coming back in a new way and whatnot. And that we'll have a... We'll be able to figure out what's what it is and see it see it all how would you like them to iterate on that i'm thinking in terms of if you remember when the game first came out you you know you did the row at triumphs you know you killed crota on this date you killed oryx on this date Mm -hmm. and then most notably when the tower was attacked and you saw shacks if you had played d1 he called you Oh, Young Wolf of Saladin, and other dialogue options throughout the EDZ, seeing the Fallen Banner and being like, oh yeah, we knew a dude from this clan. So some, something along those lines of just dialogue, or do you think they should do something more? I think they could knock out two birds with one stone here with a destiny so far like summary it'd be pretty cool for all of us to watch including new players to see everything that's happened up to now to kind of lead to this moment where the stranger's back i mean even that would be cool because 
new players aren't going to have any idea the significance of her showing up but if you do a destiny so far flashback thing it'll add a little bit of weight to her showing up so I would actually really really like that I thought it was dope when they gave us all the dates of our completed raids and stuff but it would be even cooler that to do some sort of a destiny so far recap video both for us as veteran players but also as a way to orient the new players as to the scope of how actually long standing and ongoing this story has been it's, it's actually if you really think about it it's a really cool story and they've done I think an excellent job especially year 3 really ramping things up with how often we were getting story editions so yeah I would love to see something like that oh, yeah. uh, for both for both sides of the player base yeah I was also thinking like for the veterans who went through D1 having like a specific lore book maybe for like when you go to old places that you remember from D1 it can mm-hmm. say something like oh yeah remember here when we killed yada 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 for like Omnigal like, yeah. if you went to where she was you can like pick out like a a spine from like her head or whatever and it could be like oh yeah here's where we killed Omnigal and give you just kind of like a short little spat about oh remember how horrible she was and how hard the fight was and whatnot yeah yeah I, I, I there is a part of me that's interested into what they're going to do with Cosmodrome strikes and dialogue will there be story driven reasons to go there are they going to change the enemies the bosses like why are we going back into devil's lair and all, all of all of the various uh, locations and fights that will be returning uh, I'm I am actually curious how they're going to do that because they did say we'll have some new discoveries but they were they you know they referred to lost sectors so um I agree they could do some cool things there with her fight and other things about you know that you know turning the loot cave into a lost sector was an idea some people had as well that'll be a you know that would be pretty cool yeah I think they could really utilize nightmares for the older strikes that you know, for Omnigal, have Nightmare Omnigal. Because even though that's already a thing on the moon, we, we killed her on Earth. Mm-hmm. So it would be more applicable for her to have a nightmare there rather than... Yeah. Yeah, they could do stuff like that as well. We'll have to wait and see what they decide to do with uh, the returning activities on Cosmodrome. So, did you have anything else? If not, I'll move uh, on. No, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Uh, It's pretty awesome seeing everything you've been able to overcome. Getting back to your regular numbers, sntrnetwork.com. It's all looking very bright. I appreciate that, dude. Thank you. You do your thing. (laughs) I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yep. All right, I'm going to mute him. I got to readjust the volume a little bit before we go to the next caller because I, I, I had to boost some of the OBS readings there. Hezen, coming to you, sir. Calling in again today. What did you want to talk about? Yo, so um, so I feel like weapon booms, if they get incorporated correctly, uh, if they come back and be on light, I feel like that will complete the sort of vendor system that they're going for. I feel like right now, we kind of have like a vendor 2.0 where we have a lot of investment tied to you yielding more rewards and more quality loot 
We got mods exclusive. We got exclusive perks that you can only get from stuff like you know the Oblis and the uh, and the Recaster. The bunker ground was was cool, you know, for the exclusive upgrades you could get. And I feel like if they bring back weapon boom with a specific emphasis on the more skill acquisition you have and the more time investment you put in, the greater yield, well, the more you'll yield from the specific vendor. One of the examples I always give is like go back to D1. I used to hate. But I see everybody else get, you know, getting the Garbo A's Luna. You know, I'll be at the top of my team carrying everybody and put in hundreds upon hundreds of hours into the Crucible vendor. Again, I'm no more closer to getting the Garbo A's Luna or even the A's Luna, period, than no Tim uh, Johnny, who just started the game 10 minutes ago. So what I would do in that situation to create something that, prior, that you know prioritizes the player's investment is to simply do this. What you do, you... Uh, uh, What happened? You hear me? Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so what I would do, like right, with the AS Luna, I would have you have like for the uh, so let's say the crew, the max level is level 100. Mm-hmm. What you would do, you would have an AS Luna that has an intrinsic perk, not anything damage related or aim assist boost and range boosting, something that's purely based on utility. What this does is not you know create power create like we have with physical weapons now, but it also creates an incentive for you to invest in shacks. Do the same thing for Zavala, do the same thing for Gambit. I would also have there be, you know, you could have four perks that you could choose, you know, any combination of. So for example, if I had like Kill Clip, Rampage, Rapid Hit, or Range Finder, I could choose any two of the combinations for any of the four. That would be that will give you a level of variety and options that you just don't have anywhere else. Of course, we can keep the same old uh, RNG system we have in the Crucible right now. But that's more so for the lower end players, players, you know, the casuals, you know, they can just hop in and maybe they don't feel like they're wasting their time. But for people like us who can invest a lot of time into these activities, we should be rewarded. You know, and I always feel like that's one area of the game where they never really, I guess, improved upon until recently. And I wanted to see them go further in uh, year four. Yeah. So you're saying almost bring back the gunsmith thing where you you earn the right to pick between a couple of different roles. Is that what we were saying? Right, that's part of it, right? But you you'd also have like a intrinsic perk. So think of something like celerity. You know, a utility based perk mm-hmm. that doesn't increase your range or damage, anything that could cause further power creep and destiny. That's what they're trying to get rid of. But something enough to cause incentive. You know, why would I want this version that I got to do a hundred times the grind to get over the base version? And a lot of the times with destiny right now is like, why would I go for this version? That takes way longer to get than this gun right here, which I can just do a couple of strikes to get, and it's the best gun in the game. <laughs> you know? No, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that if they, this is why if you you go back to, to some of my talks recently about spectrum of loot and how they'll get more capital out of a weapon if there's if there's better versions at the higher tiers, it it pairs so well with a lot of the things we've talked about today and even a lot of things you just talked about thank you creature for re-upping uh your sub and all you've done for me with the website but thank you for re-upping and getting the blue badge the a lot of the things we've talked about would pair really well with a boon system and a pursuit system so as you're saying like the more time you put in and the and the more you're dedicated you're either increasing the chances of getting what you're looking for or also just increasing the overall quality of loot that you're getting 
like when we were talking about like a point system and a scoring system for strikes you're you're sort of rejuvenating strikes i'm playing them in a way i haven't played in what forever we hardly ever play strikes now and and actually shoot the enemies and that would rejuvenate it refresh it and then you'd feel like you're getting loot for your time so i i I definitely agree with what you're saying about giving folks those options the higher they go right and i first had this idea way back five years ago with kingsville when the horror mode dropped you had the herald variants they look cooler you know but they there really wasn't enough of a difference between the base version you get from normal mode and the horror and the herald version you get from horror mode where it's like i need this version you know for my playstyle. I need this version because this version suits my leads and adds a level of, of gameplay and variety that I can't get from the base version. And I always felt like that's something that has just been consistently off and on. And Destiny has always either been non-existent or has always been in the wrong areas. So we have pinnacles. I run, uh, I run a couple uh, comp matches, get a couple kills with SMG, and I got the greatest primer we've ever had. Meanwhile, I run Last Wish, Gordon, all the raids, and nothing even remotely comes close to any of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but they've addressed that in Beyond Light. I mean, uh, they've addressed that in previous swaps that, you know, they're going to be looking at weapon hierarchy and how it affects the game. You know, they're dressing up a sunset. I have, like I said, I have no, I have no issue with them uh, believing that they won't do that. Yeah. Beyond Light. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're getting, I, I still think we need weapons 2.0 because I like the changes they're going to be adding with mm-hmm. Stasis, which is going to mm-hmm. be the, the kickstart to subclass 2.0. That's great. Armor 2.0, I think, you know, they make a little bit fine, well, more fine tweaks, uh, like they do, they're doing with uh, getting rid of affinities a little bit for some of the mods, making them more variety-based, and they're going to be adding in, I'm hoping, hopefully, uh, more utility-based mods that expand the gameplay and then evolve the gameplay even more. We're getting Ghost 2.0, Shader 2.0 would be nice. I mean, some of these shaders look but ugly. <laughs> but, uh, we, we can get a, if we can get a Weapons 2.0 that's as, you know, right off the bat, is as good as what the states looking to be and how armor 2.0 is Mm -hmm. we're gonna be having we're gonna be having too much fun (laughs) i mean i hate to set us up for disappointment because i'm 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 of the same mind that when they said you know in the coming weeks we're gonna turn our sights to your arsenal i'm like please let that not just be a a a patch note you know sandbox twab i really am if they updated the ghosts before weapons i'm gonna be I, I don't like setting us up for disappointment, but it's like I don't want to wait another year for a significant weapon update. Like I gotta what I wait what either wait till Witch Queen to actually make the weapons more interesting. If we don't get a weapons 2.0, then they really are gonna have to turn the faucet on with new and never before seen perks. So at the very least, weapons just take on a whole new feel and and have a freshness. Cause I just I don't think Osmosis and some of the other perks delivered the freshness and the and the spice that we need weapons are so exactly. samey so i agree so one of the ways i think like they could do or execute properly on weapons 2.0 i always give this example is whoever uh, i have this conversation with my boys so you know the perk is outlaw on rapid hit right so outlaw you got to get the kill to get the precision uh mm-hmm. the precision kill to get the increased reload speed whereas rapid hit you need to get the precision hit to get the uh speed it gives you a small boost of uh, stability and it can stack five times yeah, rapid hit will be the in weapon 2.0. Rapid hit will be the evolved version of outlaw. Like, you know, you you do whatever you need to do with the gun, whether uh, whatever kind of grind they would come up with. You do that grind, and that perk would evolve. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't just I guess be stagnant. You know, it wouldn't or it mm-hmm. wouldn't go back to how it was in D1, right? Level up the entire weapon, and that was the entire weapon. Yes, grind. you would evolve your perks. They could do something with the man. I'm not sure what they could do with massive perks, man. I mean. I guess change the masterwork. Put in you know, maybe uh, some some prisms, some shards, and uh, change the masterwork. 
re-roll it, I guess. Other what, than that, what I outlined is, and I, I actually said something similar to what you said a while ago, that like when you would get the perks, they'd be tier one, and they would yeah. grow in their efficiency and speed the more you use the weapon. You would upgrade the perks from tier one to like three. What I also thought they could do is when you look at the ghost, for example, if you go to their blog post about the ghost and you see they've got uh, four mods. There's an XP mod, a finder mod, a glimmer mod, and then an activity mod. So there's four four mods on the ghost. You could do four mods on the guns, and the first mod slot would affect the first slot on the weapon. So the first slot on a weapon is either sight, scope, or barrel. And then the second slot is usually a mag perk. And then the final two are usually some type of reload or damage. And so your four mods would augment, enhance, or change, or you know improve whatever perks you got in those four slots. So you'd still grind for the god roll, but then oh, you would go down to the mod system and say, "I have a mod for each perk." There's four perks, four slots, and you'd have to you'd do a sim- similar thing you're doing to the ghost. You'd spend some currency to masterwork the weapon up. I think that right. would be the weapons 2.0 dream that I kind of have. It's a good mix of grind for god roll with customization and specialization of the weapon with a good balance of incentive and utility based you know loot loot uh, loot acquisition that's right because a lot of the times like we're, like what they're doing with armor 2.0 getting rid of the affinity it opens up way more possibilities mm-hmm. <laughs> to create and craft more god roll 2.0 armor builds and now we're getting stasis you already know stasis is gonna be crazy we saw the exotics we saw how stasis works with the fragments and the augments if we can get a weapons 2.0 at least at beyond light i, I want it now <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I want to wait till Witch Queen. If we Same. can get the holy tri- that trifecta, if we can get that, it's a wrap. <laughs> that well, would be it, the ideal version of Destiny. It's opinion. almost like when you watch a movie and all the actors are really good, and there's like a supporting actor that's not that great, and the good actors right. kind of magnify the bad actor. In right, this situation. Right. In this situation, we're going to be able to have more customization on our armor. They added customization to our ghost. And then the stasis subclasses have more customization with aspects and fragments. And if guns are still sitting there feeling like year two, you know, random roll, and that's kind of it. If guns feel like sort of the the runt of the litter, we're all going to be like, hey, guns aren't that exciting because you did all these other great things with everything else but guns. It'll feel like they're the they're the anchor on our loadout a little bit. They won't be exactly. as they're exciting. The, they're, the main, exactly. they're the main way we engage with the combat anywhere in the game. That's right. If anything, weapons should have got a 2.0 before armor. <laughs> I, 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 really I agree. I agree with that 100%. It's, yeah. it's the it's the first immersion contact point that you have with combat is your weapon. It literally and is. You pick up a boss off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Really that's right. <laughs> it's it's and it's honestly it's one of this game's appeals. You know, is the weapons just feel yeah. so good. That reload, that player feedback, that that's that uh, the recoil, all of it. Uh, yeah, that's something and, even Destiny haters will tell you. Everything mm-hmm. else sucked, but the gameplay was top notch. It's probably the best mm-hmm. in the industry. That's right. But another thing before I leave, how do you think the raid? How do you think the raid is gonna go? Uh, like in regard to the loot pool and the difficulty spectrum, and the, I guess the overall loot hierarchy. I'm thinking, like I said, you know, I think it's gonna be the biggest and best raid we ever had in all aspects, narrative and counter wise, loot wise. Because I feel like Bungie knows they can't throw out the chances, you know. <laughs> yeah. They can't afford any more fumbles that they that they being able to get away with. You know, their, their biggest crutch was the world around the space, COVID, you know, a lot of that is being remedied and beyond light by 60% of the game. So they got to hit hard. I think that they know that. I feel like they're being a little bit secretive, trying to maintain the hype yeah. and mystery of the game. But I think, they'll, I think they'll do good. 
Yeah, I, I'm hoping we get a hard mode. I really am hoping for a hard mode. I'm also hoping for a slightly staggered launch. Don't do it on Friday. Do it the next week. Like, let me at least get to one reset. Let me enjoy that first week. That's Those are two of my kind of hopes. Um, and then obviously loot pool... There needs to be zero question about the guns being both unique and good. Like, they're, if that's ever in question, then they, I believe they've failed to fix one of the primary problems with raid loot. Honestly, raid loot since Destiny 2 launch. I mean, Wrath, they pulled it off in Wrath, but honestly, King's Fall was the first offender of having raid loot that was super not that impressive. You, you, had, a, right. you had Yasmin Sniper and then the Smite Pulse. And people are like, well, the machine gun, the machine gun. I'm like, yeah, but machine guns in general back there weren't very good. People were taking the machine gun into, into Crucible, yeah, yeah. right? That's all it was. So to me, it was like, there were like two weapons in the, out of the entire raid. The hand cannon was arguably awful. Shotgun, awful. Fusion rifle, Y. Worst primary ever. Yeah. <laughs> you could buy a better scout in the tower. Hung jury was better than the yeah, scout. Hung jury ruled back then, yep. Mm-hmm. Hung jury was it. And so... and. And they and they missed the mark. They they made cocoon on all of the guns. Now, if cocoon would have been intrinsic instead of taking up a perk slot, they might have been worth using because that's basically adding auto loading holster to all of the weapons. Like that, that's what cocoon is, and it was a perk. So it they they actually sort of cannibalized the perk pool. It was like you you gave us less perks because every gun came with cocoon, which is not it's that's great for anything that's not a primary. Um, so I really, really hope that they they nail it because it's 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 been so long since we've had raid guns that are undeniable when you see them. I've got to get that fate bringer. I've got to get that that vision or you know, even the well they they did it with the exotics. Obviously, one K and anarchy kind of became uh, uh, the the Sasquatch and the unicorn of destiny. People really sought after those two rare items. But outside of that, raid gear has just been abysmal. Uh, in D2. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're cool legendaries, I guess. Some of them. <laughs> but it's rare weapons they completely fail in every aspect. And I guess if they bring back a hard mode, like I said, I would really like to see them do, like, if you want the hard mode variant of, let's say, a raid hand cannon for the new raid, you got to get in there and do these difficult triumphs and get these challenges done. You know, maybe do something in a quick and efficient way while, ma- while maintaining and juggling a certain amount of mechanics. Mm-hmm. To where you can gain access to this uh, this raid hand cannon. It'll be weapons 2.0. It'll have intrinsic perks that you can't get anywhere else. Utility you can't get anywhere else but mm-hmm. this hand cannon. And you spread right. that out across the entire loop pool of the new raid. That alone will add a level of replayability we just haven't ever seen in the raid. So they can do that. I don't know if they'll go that deep and be on light, but they can do that eventually, at least in sometime in year four. That that'll be great. That'll be really advanced for the game. Yeah. I agree. But all right, man. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, man. Thanks for calling in. Always good talking to you. We are going to move on to Avenger, sir. Go ahead with whatever you're wanting to call in about. Yeah, so this is more about um, the stuff about yesterday. Uh, mainly when I look at this, and I had this discussion with Light Leap a little bit in chat. We were talking about how, um, you know, this really doesn't excite a lot of veterans and a lot of people who are coming into, have already played the game, and it's only really people who um, are getting into the game or wanting to get into the game. Where I look at it and I, I see what they're doing and I compare it to what we have had in the past. 
And every single campaign that we've always had always has this wall that I call it. It's always a wall in the story structure, a wall in the gameplay structure where you played Forsaken and remember in Forsaken, right at the start of the Tangled Shore, it was like, yeah, you just went on this Cade 6 mission, Cade 6 dead. We have to go hunt down these barons. Wait, go do some bounties with Spider. Go learn what the Tangled Shore is about. Go have mm. fun out there. It mm. put giant tutorial wall in front of you. Shadowkeep did the same thing. It's like, oh, there's this big pyramid ship. We're getting all these essences. Wait, go learn what nightmare hunts are. Go learn how to do all of this. It's a wall, it's a tutorial wall that they put in front of you because they made the expansions to be separate on their own thing. You can jump into Shadowkeep without owning Forsaken. You can jump into Forsaken when Forsaken was current content. You could jump into that without having like anything. You could didn't without having Curse of Osiris or having Warmind. Right. So and because they moved to the free to play, they need to have a centralized tutorial. And with that. It actually makes me super excited to see what they do with Europa and see if they are going to have another one of those walls or because they're having this tutorial mission that players who are making their characters are almost forced to go through mm -hmm. that they would now understand the concepts of the game and they don't need that tutorial beginning part, that wall of gameplay or the wall of storytelling yeah. in the new Europa mission. I just wonder if there... I wonder if it's almost necessary... Not necessary, but man, it feels close to being necessary to say, welcome to Beyond Light, you're going through the story, and eventually they set your sights on, there's going to be, a, I would assume, an activity on Europa of some sort, right? And eventually they route you through that activity, I would think. Um, maybe what you're saying is it should be more natural and organic unless of, uh, like they're pumping the brakes and be like, alright, get off the campaign trail and go do this thing and then come back. Like, maybe have it feel more like you're just routing through the campaign is that what you mean i mean yeah i think there was a core concept with shadow keep especially with the essences that just felt like bounties so it just felt like that whole campaign was nothing but a tutorial mm -hmm. for a lot of people whereas i think forsaken is a clear example of that where it was just a big just wall where you hit it and it's like all of this story like this build up like all of this just happened and then it's just, bam, go do some bounties. Bam, go do some law sectors. Like, it just felt like a just sudden stop. And I don't want to see that happen in Europa because I think it, one, messes with the flow of the story and messes with the storytelling. And you can clearly see what it's doing. But I've played the game for five, six years. I have characters from the original Destiny. I don't need to be told how to do bounties. I don't need to be told what a law sector is because you told me that last year. You told me that the year beforehand. And I feel like if you can do it a little more fluid with the activities, kind of like what they do with activities now. When you hopped into contact, it was just like, go do a contact event. Right. It didn't tell you, well, you have to go get moats and you have to go bank the moats. And then uh, you have to make sure you do all these things. You have to bank this amount of certain moats. Like, no, it said just go do contact. You know, that that's what they need to more, more well do. I mean, if they add an event, if they add content to it, I just expect to be told go to the content and then the content tells you what to do or at least has a rough explanation as of now it just felt i just don't want i don't want beyond lights campaign to have that sudden wall yeah in just at least kind of the forsaken sense where it was telling you how to do everything when i don't need that yeah and Shadowkeep is also when they did new light so they probably had to ham fist some of that in there to ensure that new players were getting routed through 
just rudimentary content and you're like, I don't want to do that. I want to just do the campaign. Don't make me go do, you know, a Lost Sector Bounty Patrol and all of the, all of the rest. I would say you're probably going to get your wish because what as I read... Um, let me get it pulled up on screen again. The 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 new player experience as they described it, and I got some quotes here. It does sound like you're going to get your wish. They're not going to need to take new players and teach them about all that because it says it's going to help them understand quest bounties, collections, and more, as well as the different progression systems. So none of that should be present in the Beyond Light. Uh, in the Beyond Light campaign. It shouldn't have any of that because it's all contained in the updated new player experience with uh, Shaw Han. Like, he's supposed to be taking care of that. And that, I think, is one of the results of them saying, alright, let's actually kind of give the full game a fresh reset. Let's gut a bunch of stuff that's not necessary and add a brand new new player acquisition funnel and one of the benefits of this should be that players that have been playing for a really long time can just jump into Beyond Light and not get, you know, their time sort of wasted or or at, or at the very least sidetracked to go do things they already know how to do. Yeah, that was just the biggest, like, when people are like, oh, it's not that insane, you know, we got the mod updates and we got this new light experience and no one was really caring about it. I'm like, I feel like you're really undershooting what this means for Beyond Light. Because when you talk about all these other, when you talk about all these, every single time we got something new, it was like, okay, well, here's your tutorial thing. This is how you play the game. It's like they're holding your hand and I don't want that. I want to feel like I'm playing the game. Like it's almost an expansion. When I play any other expansion, they don't hold my hand and tell me, hey, this is how you hit something. This is how you shoot something. And this is what loot is. They tell me, go have fun. Go learn the story. Go enjoy the new content we added. And that's really what I'm wishing for. And hopefully, you know, in combination with that, the new players that come in and experience this new, um, at least introduction, they don't get so lost and pushed away because it being a free-to-play game, you're drawing a lot of people in. And with it being a free-to-play game that's also going to be on the launch of these new consoles, you're going to bring even more and more players in. As well as they, they play this game and they learn about it, having that better experience is one going to bring more players in it's going to be a more warming area as well as it's going to introduce them to the world and it's not going to hinder well hopefully it's not going to hinder the players that are still playing the game and have played it religiously for the last you know six seven years yeah i think the best the best way to teach people is usually just like through gameplay. They're kind of saying that in the Discord. And I've always thought that. Like, I remember playing Ori in the Blind Forest. It just teaches you as you're playing. It doesn't, like, make me stop playing and go into, like, a dojo. You know games that do that. Like, all of a sudden, you're not in the game world. It takes you in, like, almost like a dojo to teach you something. And then you're back in the game world. I I don't know. I've never liked that. Now, I actually thought... um Jedi Fallen Order did it pretty creatively. You were they were flashbacks. You would you were you were reconnecting with the Force and remembering, learning how to use different Force abilities. I thought that was kind of cool, but that was sort of a take you out of the world to do it. But they still did it in a way that felt organic with the story. And I would hope they would do similar things with stasis and fragments and aspects, so that you're you're literally just sort of you you get the ability. 
and then you use it for a while, and then you get the aspects and fragments, and it's like, yeah, equip them and try them out, and so you're just literally playing and it's happening, as opposed to it being like a record scratch, where you gotta go off somewhere else, you know? Yeah, and that's also another thing, with, so I'm fine, you know, with them telling me, okay, well, we added this new uh, system in the game, we added this new aspect and fragment system, here's how you use it like you do a mission you kill a boss after you obtain your darkness powers you kill a boss boom fragment on the ground oh what's this fragment game tells you what the fragment is i'm fine with that because one that's a new system that's something that i haven't experienced that's something that everyone needs to learn but for when it tells you basic things like if i have to go to stranger drifter eris whoever the whoever the vendor is going to be on europa varix um you know if i have to go to varix and he's like okay well to continue with the story you have to do three bounties and his only three bounties are go do law sectors, kill some enemies, and do patrols. I'm going to be mad because I don't need to do that. I've already done that for the last three years of Destiny. I don't need to do it again. Right. That's, that's something that doesn't keep with the flow. That doesn't, Especially when you're telling a story. When you're telling a story, there's a certain flow with the story. you got to get that rising action. And when you're going to that rising action before you hit the climax, it would just drop straight down like a pitfall then it doesn't feel fluid. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's an actual good story. So if you keep that consistent rising action and say, okay, what well, killed a boss. Oh, look, you got this cool ability from this boss now. Go equip it. Go learn what it does. And then that, and you only have to tell them once, and then boom, guess what? Now they're getting aspects. Like, oh, what's this fragment do? What's this aspect do? And they're doing it by themselves. They're learning and they're playing the game. So that's, that's at least what I'm hoping with this, is that they, with the new light, what they're doing with it again i feel like a lot of people are undershooting it but i really really hope that they use it to its max potential and they evolve the new content around what they're doing with the new light i would say that it that it it probably will end up being pretty compartmentalized so that you don't have to go through all that stuff um and here's why more than likely the new light players can go through all those experiences figure out their subclasses all the different menus abilities and then their armor and and blah 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 and then stasis is sort of connected to and sort of synonymous with going to europa and so they'll have those processes and tutorials for stasis and aspects and fragments there it would be really strange to walk a brand new player through all that on Cosmodrome and have them land on Europa and do it again. So not just for you as a veteran, but also for new players. It'd be really odd to be like, hey, you just learned about all that on Cosmodrome. Go do <laughs> go do it again on Europa. I feel like Europa is going to be more about campaign driver and then you get stasis and that's where we kind of learn how to use it. I do feel like it's separated because just from content flow wise, it would be bad for both a new player and an experienced player to get funneled through stuff like that that would seem sort of pointless. Like, wait, didn't I just do this on the Cosmodrome? And you're saying, didn't I do this like literally every time there's a new season, you know, or a new, you know, or, or a new expansion? So I, I don't know. I've got confidence they're gonna they're gonna separate the two, so it doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel like a sort of a, a, a what would it be like a record skip like every time it's a new season you got to kind of you know force yourself back through some of those unnecessary tutorials yeah and like i said as long as they're keeping like they're keeping the new content to the new seasons like if i like when i went into um season of dawn they taught me how to use a sundial they taught me how to use obelisks i didn't need to be taught how to shoot something i didn't need to be taught how to do the sundial event 
I just went and did it. I didn't yeah. need to when I was doing worthy. Like, I think obviously I should have been taught how to do worthy a little bit more, where to throw the balls instead of just being like, here's a ball, go have fun. <laughs> no visual but, indicators at all for that event. I hate that event. Yeah, it was just like, hey, there's a there's a few towers, there's some balls everywhere, go have fun. It's like, what? What do you, what do you want me to do? Like, there needs to be some level of, you know, telling you, okay, just push you in the right direction. And then once you get that, it's like, all right, now go walk on your own, you know, go yeah. ride the bike. So hopefully they do that. But that's, that's really all I want to talk about there. Cool. Well, thanks for calling in, dude. Good stuff. Moving on to whoop, 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 whoop. I hit the wrong thing. There we go. Uh, moving on to Necro, sir. If you're there, if you want to unmute. And what do you got yes, for me today? I am. Yeah, I'm coming in clear. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, well, bouncing off of Avenger, I'm hoping that, you know, because I'm more concerned about the story, mm-hmm. I would hope that they would be able to tell us as the player in the New Light experience why we're going to Europa. I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you how you think that they were going to do so, but I think they're just going to give a recap and tell you, hey, these are all the things you've missed. Isn't that cool? <laughs> But you can't you you can't access them right now because they're in the DCV. Isn't that fun? That probably would get some people a little bit ticked off that they can't play the older content. But as you say, they're they're really going to go after the new stuff. But that's uh that's what I'm thinking there. I uh, wanted to ask you. Oh, go ahead. I was literally just gonna say, getting us to go to Europa and why is probably gonna be literally as simple as that the stranger or heiress or drifter say hey you gotta meet us here like i think it'll probably be that simple i think i think varix will be the npc of whatever the activity is there'll be an activity on europa and he'll be the npc sort of the over in charge of that he'll have the bounties and everything and then i think straight the stranger will be the npc of europa yes i uh i wanted to ask um mm-hmm. concerning i think i'm gonna open up a can of worms here Concerning all the systems that you have in the game, you know, they've expanded upon some. What system would you love to bring from another franchise into Destiny you think would be best fit? Say that again, it broke up. Sorry. Out of all the systems that we have in Destiny, yeah. what system would you want to bring in from another franchise that would be best fit? Oh, uh... Um, I don't. I'd have to really think about this one because you have to contextualize it. Um, I would say, off the top of my head, the one that I continue to to point to is the daily targeted items in Division. Ever since I've heard that idea, I love it. Um, it 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 makes you go into different activities in different places, and it keeps things fresh. So you're you. Because if you really wanted the Dire Promise or the Old Fashioned when they came back, there was no way to go for them. But if they would have had them rotating as a daily targeted item, that, I think, is just a great way to give you intentionality, but to also just keep parts and pieces of the game fresh and and mattering to the player. I can't think of any others. The only one I, I, I kind of like briefly thought of was how in Borderlands 3, they were letting you augment aspects of your uh, of your subclass and so it would change they're kind of bringing that with aspects and fragments um a little bit so we're kind of getting an augmentation system a little 
Um, and then obviously we all want transmog, which they've said that's going to come eventually. They're not really quite sure how it's going to work just yet. It's going to land sometime in year four. I think all those are, are, are things that we both want, are going to get, or would be really, really good for the game. Daily targeted items, I think, would be an e- just a slam dunk, especially with the world loot pool. What would concern me, because I played Division 2 when it came out, the daily targeted items are something for the weak. We had to chase parts of a gun. So there was like this really good or sidearm, I forget what it was. But each week, we had to chase the barrel. Then we needed the clip. Then we needed the gun frame. And then we had to, you know, we had to just like go through so many hoops. You think... Bungie would do that or simplify it or just say, okay, the target is a gun and we just go for it. Yeah, I don't really know exactly what the best way to be do it would be to do it. I mean, I feel like it could be almost like a rotating milestone that, and then I think almost personally, I think when you hit max level, every milestone should just switch to something else. It should be, it should suddenly say, hey, here is the the this milestone now for strikes is a daily targeted item and it's just different every day you know um you could maybe do weekly ones or something but like i just i don't know i don't feel like we need to restrict that kind of stuff anymore don't make me come back next week to try again for the drop that i want um the, the prophecy dungeon system was so good you don't have to do that you know let us just play as as much as we want. Let me try as many times as I want, you know? Mm. Now, it's, it's, there's one thing, that, it's one thing that does bother me concerning the loot. Like, do you think they should just make a bigger plethora of guns? I know we were saying quantity over quality or vice versa, but it's like, do you think we have a shallow pool? I know we got like 33 items coming and we most likely will get more, but is that enough? Do we feel like we're drowning in a lot of loot in, you know, and getting in? Would we rather get into situations where the boss pops, we get a bunch of loot and a lot of it's garbage? Or would we rather just have a shallow pool and have less stuff that's garbage? I, you know, where's the balance there? It always feels like six of one, half a dozen of the other, because I know if they suddenly turn up the quantity and give me a ton of loot, I know so much of it's going to be junk. Whenever they did all the updates to the vendors in Destiny 1, you'd go to a vendor, and all the weapons were garbage except for one, maybe two. I think Future Warcold had like two items that were worth. New Monarchy had nothing worth getting. And then I think Dead Orbit had one item that was eventually discovered as good. Now, keep in mind, this is post-Hung Jury era, all right? I know everybody's freaking out. The Hung Jury loan, like, you'd go to all those vendors, and 75% of their loot was, well, you didn't want it. It was bad. And you had tons of quantity. Is quantity worth it if you're ignoring such a significant portion of the loot pool? And then flip it on its head. Well, if quantity's really low, then everybody's chasing and using the same weapon. That's it. Everybody's chasing the same stupid weapon. I guess my pushback would be, we were doing that anyway. Everybody was running around with the same basic weapons in Destiny 1. You weren't seeing people running around with the, the hand cannon from New Monarchy. Like, you just weren't. No, nobody was. People were running around with Imago Loop, uh, Is Luna, and the Palindrome. I mean, that was, those were the hand cannons you saw. And 
so is quantity a mirage that doesn't really change the end result we're all typically running around and gravitating toward the same small pool of weapons um maybe that's the ticket then is to do is to go one step further and say don't go crazy with quantity and create lots of depth so your hand cannon and my hand cannon are vastly different from each other even though it's the same base hand cannon and that would not be I know you want crafting but that wouldn't be crafting that would be more about the augmentation <laughs> and the and the customization because I would customize my hand cannon for PvE and you would customize yours for PvP and the perk pool would still be something that is limiting and you gotta go for the god roll um I was just thinking off the top of my head what what would what would be all the litany of problems if I could change the gun's archetype is that is that something they need to let us do so when they add a hand cannon and 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 there's a there I could go for a 150 a 110 or a 180 of the hand cannon right and when I do that it changes the perk pool it changes the potential mods and so one hand cannon has three I don't know like as soon as I think of that I'm like there's got to be 18 different problems with that idea um but it's like maybe that that would be another way to get more capital out of one weapon they design the weapon they make it the reload the the power the perks the base perks and then they basically make three iterations of it you know three different um three different archetypal versions or the RPMs or whatever but then somebody might be like, well, why not just make three hand cannons, Lono? So then there'd be three different hand cannons, three different looks and appeals. And so the 110 and the, the 110, the 150, and the 180 are all different. You know, because by the way, in my world, 140 should just get absorbed into 150s. Um, but so I don't know. I feel like no matter how you shake this, there's always going to be, this is the gun to go for. These are the perks that are worth going after. I feel like that's kind of an unavoidable, it's the inevitability of metagaming. Like you can't get away from it, really. I think uh, to respond to you by saying, okay, what was it, that 110 hand cannon that everyone likes, the red one? I forget what it's called. Uh, what was it? You're talking about the Warden's Law? No, it was the other one. I think you get it from Crucible. Then it wasn't Warden's Law. But anyway, you said like you could change the 110 to a 140, maybe even a 150. Maybe depending on the kind of gun, if it's that low for RPM, maybe you could bump it up to two, uh, two grades. Because anyway, like, you could upgrade weapons. That's just kind of like my idea the last time. Like, what if we had a pulse rifle and you have an alt fire for scout? Why don't we just empower the players to make that choice and change the RPM? And then when you change the RPM, you have a different slew of mods. That way, if, like, let's say the 110 has an overpowered mod, you won't have access to that. You could just put on, you, you have to deal with the 140s now. I would think if you give more players choice, they'll be able to customize their own game and their own player and play more on how they want and still um, work within the parameters of the character. I think that could still work. I, the only thing, so while you were talking, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing and I'm thinking it through. Oh, you're thinking of the Duke, the Duke hand cannon, the 110. Duke, um, yes, that's what it was. Yes. The the first thing I thought of when you were saying all that is weapons are going to start to lose their identity because if they're so um, transient mm. and almost liquid and and they're they're malleable they're 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 mutable you can change them then they start to become less they don't have really identity it's literally just a gun that has a name and a look and you're going through and determining all these different things about it I I I, I would worry. There was just there was something about holding 
a fate bringer there was something about the way that it felt and the sound that it made an ostringer the first time i shot an ostringer i was like this sounds like a d1 hand cannon like i would worry we'd move away from that um by giving us that that level of control um it, it you know because like what <laughs> Avengers saying if you give players too much freedom it'll be a one size fits all weapon and the weapon will become the god tier weapon like exactly like it basically wouldn't even matter the weapon would not matter anymore the weapon would become a subtext to power you just get the weapon and turn it into what you want obviously you would be pursuing p- particular roles you're like well I want to turn this into a 110 so that might make you gravitate towards particular roles but again it feels like the weapon's identity would become a subtext to all of this and I don't think that would be good for Destiny because the weapons and the way they feel, look, sound, their identity is is one of the, I think one of the the hallmarks of what makes the game so enjoyable. Then do you feel like we're going to have that problem with our armor? Because if everything's just going to look the way we want, we just put in whatever mods that we can. I mean, we have some restriction, but it wouldn't be any different than putting all those restrictions on weapons. See, the difference is though. The difference, I, the difference yeah. is though is armor. As armor exists in Destiny, I think there's a greater percentage of it is an, is an expression of your 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 fashion choices, and your gun is not. Like, a gun is your immersion point to combat. Your armor isn't. You don't really see the armor when you're in combat. It's not like wearing one pair of gauntlets over another makes you faster or something, or, or, or lighter or something. So, like, having armor become very liquid and very moldable to your desires with like transmog and the armor and the, and the armor 2.0 and all that i think that's different because i don't necessarily think it has the same immersion affect on the player it's more about i, I think this armor looks awesome so and listen every time you go into your menu your 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 character's dead center they want you to see that they did that in diablo every time i pulled up my character in diablo 2 i loved when my druid had you know the wolf helmet on there was just something about it even though oh, in yeah. the game the wolf helmet wasn't really how i did the fissure build or would summon a carrion vine like it was disconnected from that and i think armor in a similar vein maybe even more so in destiny because it's you can't see your character all the time i do think guns having that identity there's something about that reload that player feedback that that when just when the sight and the recoil just feels right you're like this gun is for me i just you just like it um i think that is why you wouldn't want to make guns so mal- uh, so moldable You'd be like, yeah, I just, yeah, I can just change everything and make it how I want. Well, then the gun's identity fades and fizzles, and it's just, it's just almost like it's a piece of clay in your hand, and you make what you want. And I would worry that would be bad for the game. As from, we remember guns so specifically, and I think there's a reason for that. Would we remember Fatebringer and Imago? If they were moldable guns, craftable guns, I don't think that we would. I don't remember my dry rot and I re-rolled it in the tower I don't know 28 times but I remember my Imago I remember how it felt the first time I took it into Wrath uh, I don't know I, I, I would worry there's a danger you gotta land in the middle on guns it's, it's, it's gotta be customization that doesn't tip over into just a blank check of control you know, you know crafting you know it would be it, it, it turns into as, as Avenger said like a one size fits all or as I said, the the weapon itself becomes a subtext to your own decisions. Perhaps they could play with it a bit 
like we have all those gun manufacturers and I would love for them to bring them more to light and they would say perhaps their brand maybe Amalon can deal more with a reload speed and like Hake would do more with like precision because they always talk about targeting you know something like that what would make those guns have an identity even if you can customize them a little bit more I'm wondering if they could play with it like that well, and I always thought it would have been cool when we thought when we thought like Arms Week was gonna come. I thought it'd been really, really cool for them to say, um, "Oh yeah, Jalal's main. That's right. That's right." He he was he was telling Jalal me about was the, a unique. That was yeah, fun. it was a unique. <laughs> I love that yeah. one. Yeah, Jalal's like, main. <laughs> oh, there's so many stats listed. It's so sexy. Yes. Oh, Diablo two is so good. Um, anyway, getting distracted by Wolby. Uh, the um. <laughs> Oh shoot! What did you say? Experiment with it, and, and with um, the, concerning the manufacturers, like Amalan yeah. would have a specialized in a particular aspect of the gun. Yeah, like, I'm versus back. Hockey, you know, yeah. The idea I had was like you would go to those particular manufacturers and you would pledge, uh, you would sign a contract with them. You'd become contracted by Hockey, and you'd be doing stuff for them and helping them research weapons and guns, and you would get like cool weapons from them, and then they would have particular mods to sort of mitigate what those weapons are known for. So Hake weapons were known for, a lot of them had kind of clunky handling and reload. And then maybe they would help you refine that. And then, um, you know, Suros weapons were, you know, uh, fast and agile, but they they didn't really pack a lot of punch. You know, there would be ways then for them, you'd contract with them and help them, but they would also help you. So by the end of your seasonal rank with Hake, you'd have a pretty dope weapon that you got the right roll on it and they you you did all the research for them so you unlock these cool mods to make the weapon better i think that is a that feels like just a gold mine that they could use cuz the manufacturers are all very very unique um so I would love to see something like that come. I don't think it's going to. Uh, that that feel, I feel like the weapon manufacturer thing got scrapped when they started throwing the Viced uh, and Amalon cosmetic items, the armor and all that, the Dido armor that they just threw in to the to the dungeon. I feel like they threw all that in because all that was being built for Arms Week and it got scrapped. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely give me incentive at the end game. And even there, like you said, because like these other games. Final Fantasy 14, you would make a blue weapon, let's say, but then you have something that's even better than that. You have something more epic. Like, yep. you, maybe, like, you have a secret mission with one of the manufacturers and it has an even better role. Something. Maybe parallel. Maybe it's a side grade. Maybe it's better utility. And it would just make you go, what the? And it's like, I just mm-hmm. worked so hard on this, too, and there's something even more, and it just it just keeps rolling like that. I, I, I think we should push that to Bungie. That's something for us to do. It's there in the game. Let's use it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's it for me, though. That was fun. Right. Yeah, fun talking to you. I'm going to final caller for the day is Mr. Wolverine. Go ahead, How's sir. How's it going, brother? It's going good, dude. Hope everyone on YouTube and Discord's having a great day. Um, before I get into my uh, point of contention, or not even point of contention, just my point of interest... Um, I gotta, I gotta talk about how expanse and how diverse this community has become in terms of thought process, and it's, it's been such a delight to just take a sit back and actually, you know, listen to everybody. Uh, Avengers want to stay above the status quo. I think it's something that we all can kind of emulate and want. It's just he has such a high expectation, and sometimes uh, that expectation is not always given, but it's understandable. 
uh, Necros want for for the game to be somewhat be able to dictate the RNG, and and mm. I, I respect it so much because of where his core foundations come from, Diablo two. It's 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 an it's a want understanding, but um, it's 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 a pleasure to to hear everyone's uh, thoughts on it. Um, even Hezen, a new blood like himself, coming out with with great thoughts, and and to be honest, he actually took a lot of my thought process in terms of what I wanted to do with weapon boots in specific, and 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 almost pick your mind going into what we know with Beyond Light and what they're going to do with the weapon, the adored. And how those particular roles are going to be specific to each playlist. Now, can we see something like that with a weapon boon system where it would be on a, a rotating, whether it's weekly or seasonally, inside the specific playlist? So we have a crucible specific boon, a gambit specific boon, and a, a strike or PVE what have you specific boon. I, I say PVE for that specific one because we're not going to incorporate any pvp elements so in 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 your mind you're thinking that i would go for a hand cannon let's just say the hand cannon is the 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 skull breaker and if i get skull breaker in pve boon it has different perks and if it drops in crucible is that what you're saying essentially uh those perk that perk pool will be more predominant towards the playlist that you're going for for instance if the the weapon I, I like this is how i'm envisioning it because it's it's essentially what they're doing with the adored is that they're putting that gun a pinnacle weapon and that pinnacle weapon will have roles static of course but roles specific to the playlist now using that thought process would it be best fit to give players something towards the line of the conversation today of weapon boons but now we're going to have specific playlist weapon boons just going off of what they're already doing now, are you saying you hope they do that with the with the adored, that it has perks depending on where it drops? Because I don't remember reading that. Are you are you theorizing they're going to do that, or ha- I, 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 I almost something? that's how I contextually took it as is that the adored is going to be there's going to be three different versions of it, and then each version will have a particular skill set towards the playlist. My memory of the TWAB was that they said you could pursue it in any of the various uh, activities, and then when you were done, they'd have an extra quest for you to get the ornament, depending on if you want, like, the Gambit one or the other. I don't think think there's actually going to be different perks depending on where it comes from the it, there it's it's a two-parter but you can pursue the gun any and, and this is something they stress they said if you start the process in crucible understand you you got to finish it um you got to finish it in crucible they did say that and then they said when you were done each of those various npcs would have another quest for you to do and all, you can do all three if you'd like and get all three ornaments um so unfortunately, you've got a great idea that I actually don't think they're doing. I think it is literally a, a static roll weapon that's the same no matter where you earn it. Uh, and and that's my apology. Uh, that's just from how I took it. That's just how I read it. I, I yeah. mean, I, I I guess the last thing I was thinking was an ornament specific to playlist because that's almost fruitless. I would not be excited about something that at all. Well, maybe maybe they're listening and maybe they could take some insight into what would be. Uh, 
you know, more beneficial for people's time, like uh, Hezen was re- referring to. In terms of putting that time into a specific gun, you want to be so show some sort of you know achievement after that time was put in. Well, and I think you're you've spawned a good idea. Like they're, how they're having the armor is the same, but it looks different according to where you earn it. They could do a core activity like loot pool but the guns that drop have different perk pools depending on where you earned them and then crucible perks would understandably trend towards crucible stuff and pve you know if i'm getting the hand cannon and the strikes and it's dropping it's gonna have you know perks that trend toward pve i i think that would be a really great way and i've used this term a lot they would get more capital out of those guns you would do uh, a couple of guns every season and they're different I mean a gun dropping in Gambit it would have Gambit perks I, that would actually be awesome because then I don't want that hand cannon I don't give a flip about that hand cannon uh, it, well I do I want it but I'm not going to go for it in, in Gambit I'm going to go for it in, uh, in in Strike so I think your your idea of what they were doing with the, the Adored is actually a really good idea for how they could they could implement an updated loot pool for all of the core activities and core NPCs without literally making, you know, three weapons for Zavala, three weapons for Shax, and three for 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 Drifter. They'd be the same three weapons with differing loot uh, perk pools dependent upon where you decide to chase them. And and I was just reading one of Creature's comments. Yeah, like I guess most people would feel a little either intimidated or daunted against the ability to farm the same weapon, just a different pool, perk pool three times. But I, I'll be you know forthright and say I really doubt there's a person putting in a maximum of a hundred percent of their play time within three playlists. I, I'd, I'd be truly surprised if people yeah. were spending an equal amount like that. But I just feel like it if it kind of gives a, a motivation for a person. Let's say if a person truly only loves Gambit and they don't like playing PVE or PVP, excuse me, and um, uh, a, a playlist they really hate playing, Survival, for instance, and they didn't enjoy playing it, but they knew a gun in Survival is only attainable by playing that specific uh, game type. Now, if this whole mindset will give that person who only enjoys playing Gambit a chance at something aesthetically that they want, but yeah, it'll have something more predominant to the playlist that they uh, are spending their time in. What I would say is there's there's a logic and a harmony to this. If you see a gun and crucibles what matters to you you're going to be thrilled that you can chase the 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 pvp roles in pvp if you see a gun and you like pve you're probably going to be really happy that you can chase the god roll pve and not have to go i mean all of us that felt the pull to go get mountaintop and recluse because they were god to your pve weapons like that was kind of a bummer um and I don't mean to cut you off, but what uh, Unholy is mentioning, that's where I, 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 I took the source information from because the individual had mentioned, uh, again, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I didn't want to lose this, but the, the individual who said this uh, mentioned that uh, the roles for PvP weren't all that stellar. So it kind of gave me the perception that roles were going to be different per playlist. 
yeah, I mean, if if Wishes Leak is to be believed, then yeah, the PvP version. I thought he said that the perks weren't good for PvP. I don't know if we're quoting him correctly there. I the the the, the Twab said. Our goal is to have a pursuit weapon available per season earned through a focus quest. Banshee will give you your choice between Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit to earn the base model. Make sure you take a moment to think about how you want to earn this weapon as you'll be locked into the specific objectives for whichever activity you pick. Once you finish the main quest, Zavala, Shax, and Drifter will offer an additional quest that will reward you with the weapon ornaments to the theme of the respective activities. So... I. I, f- I do feel like they, that w- that's vital information that they would say, you know, you're going to be locked in the specific objectives, but also the perks will be different. Like they're not, I, I don't want to argue from silence. That's a weak way to argue a point, but I feel that they, that's kind of val- vital information that isn't there. So I, unless we're misunderstanding or misreading what Wish said, I'm not really ready to say that it's coming with three different perk pools, even though I think it's a great idea. Hey, I get always a little perturbed over the TWAB's way of using linguistics and and almost leaving room for us to contemplate or tinfoil hat theory anything they say. It should should be just plain English. Yes, no. Yes, this is it. This is it. There's nothing to decipher. Um, before, Before I end, the when I saw this topic for today, where I initially wanted to take this and uh, where I feel that the boon system is is the most lacking is uh, the trial boon system. I feel that only two cards are predominantly picked, Mercy yep. and um, Confidence. I feel the three in between are pretty useless. I think uh, Ferocious, uh, Ferocity, excuse me, is probably the the one that you can make an argument for for people picking uh one being if someone's caring it's it's easily done in six games they're very confident within themselves no pun intended to get ferocity complete completed or it's people doing ghost lobbies um where i wanted to pick your mind is is where do you now and i'm going to try my best to live in a hypothetical world where cheating isn't a thing and there's more incentive within the playlist (laughs) right that i know it's hard but yeah give me give me all you can for just a second now with that being an ideal world where do you think we could implement a boon system more likely to either expand the pool of players whether it's just getting to something like three or the hardcore individuals that want to test their limits i and and before you answer i just think the current ones that we have other than the three i mentioned the experience one i think is the most useless one of all five and the coin one you can make an argument is more useless than the experience because the coin system is pretty dull yeah um you could break them into two I'm, i'm trying to do this off the top of my head you could break them into two categories and one category would be the quantitative boons, and one would be the qualitative boons. So quantitative boons would be, this would be like the boon of, of wealth. So you would get increased tokens, XP, glimmer, and I, I don't know, maybe something else. Um, so that boon would be purely one of the, it'd be, it'd be a quantitative boon. You're getting a greater quantity of the stuff. Uh, and then maybe you could do another quantitative boon that would be, bounties are finished quicker and greater chance of weapon drop rates in games one to three and then the qualitative boons would be the inverse you would be focusing more on getting 
chances for extra drops from wins, you know, five and lighthouse. Um, chance for guns to drop with secondary perk in games five and lighthouse so you're you're focusing on quality because you're confident you're going to go that distance you could even have one called like the scarab boon hearkening back to the scarab emblem that is all about games after flawless and a variety of cosmetics and ornaments that have a chance to drop when that boon is active so again one one is making people focus on the long game and the other is people focusing on the short game and what this does is it appeals to the two types of players that we know exist this is probably one of the few times there is a very clear divide in the player base there's the people that know they ain't going to the lighthouse and there's the players that set their sights on it and I think if you come up with boons that appeal to both and they feel that they're adequately rewarding them for their contribution time you know they got the game 4 reset game 3 reset you know and then the people that are getting to, to, to flawless and beyond as long as they walk away and feel like the boons are respecting and giving what they promise I think that would be a better system than some of the ones we have now like you're highlighting like it's just XP that's not enough on its own you know it's just tokens that's not enough on its own uh, so I I did that off the top of my head I, I think that that would be potentially a good a good uh, starting place to making the player pool fuller and making people feel like this boon gives me a consistent reason to keep playing even after you know day one or two or whatever I I'm really happy I asked that question because it just that one sentence and that one you know paragraph that you just said about expanding it and it opens it opens it up immensely and it's it's really kind of unfathomable that they didn't see this coming you know all the, the video that they put out uh, you know everyone talks about it we're not wanting it to come half baked it's you know we look back it didn't age well at all that video and um sorry about that uh where you were going with the gun um interpretation of finding it uh being able to to dictate that final perk or or what have you i I like that direction a lot i think probably maybe along with the the glimmer or coin uh the qualitative or quantitative excuse me uh example you give maybe adding uh mats materials whatever the new mats or the current mats may be i i kind of want to sit here and lobby for our mat um uh ability to contain more mats to be expanded i feel that we are very limited especially when we think about ascendant shards uh, the fact that only one character can carry 20 in total i think is not great and then forget about having a full postmaster because i've already lost 20 ascendant yeah. shards this season alone just from you know postmaster displacement um i don't i don't want to dive too much into that but i think um for this playlist to to continue to survive it it it's 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 literally been on life support you know pretty much the end of last season and pretty much this season the we see brief spurts of of player population rising when the current um win uh um, excuse me. The the current the win uh, placement of weapons or armor that week is in an ideal situation. For instance, if if summoner or the shotguns at three, that you'll see more people attempting to want to play. Yeah. And and I feel that that alone cannot be the only sole reason for people to want to get into the playlist. 
I, uh, I put in a lot of time in that playlist and it's pretty much the biggest reason why I continue to play destiny. Everything, everything else is, uh, is a sublet to that. I enjoy the story. I enjoy everything else, but playing the PVP portion is why what Kins continues to have me play the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, so two things, you know, the currency situation, I, I know why they do it, but I think I get tired of it. I get tired of the, the arbitrary caps on currencies. It becomes a headache. It seems unnecessary. A lot of the times, especially for a limited time event, like why are ciphers capped at 25? Like, what is that? Um, it, it, it there, there might be internal reasons. Maybe we'll get, we'll, maybe we'll be free of some of those restrictions and reasons with the, the reinstall. There could be, uh, background reasons that, that are going to get resolved with some of these changes, some of these API updates and script changes and engine changes. I mean, maybe that'll help with some of that. And, you know, and the second part of what you're saying, I, I think they should focus so much on games one through three being so great for people that don't go flawless. Like, it should just be great. If you do go flawless, games one through three should be really unappealing. Like, yeah, that's, that's nice, but it's not it's not this up here. Um, Expanding I, I, the funnel of entry. Yeah, I, I can't think of a good analogy. I thought JV Varsity, but that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work for an analogy. The point is, is that if you know flawless is unlikely for you, games one through three should just feel great. Just loot showers and generosity. And if they do that, then the games themselves will be less sweaty because there's just way more casuals in there. I mean, I'd probably be jumping in there with viewers just to just to have fun. And who cares, right? We're getting stuff. And then the flawless people, or at least the people that get, that get the games, you know, five and six, should be like, nah, 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 dude, five and six, way better, way more generous, better drops, better chances, and then obviously Flawless is just the coup de gras. Like, that is the place you want to go. I it, it, I don't know. It, it's like they should put a cap on that's like casual cap and do everything they can to be like, what would a casual, what would a, what would a lesser skilled, more laid-back player want to see in games one through three okay then take that cap off and say boom what are the people that get the game six or 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 really consistently go flawless what are they looking for and you turn those volume knobs way the frick up like it doesn't this idea that you're going to be too generous and push people away they have all the proof they need that that's not true i mean the the menagerie engagement went down as soon as the glitch went away sundial engagement was great rise of iron iron banner engagement went up when they went crazy with generosity uh i uh trials of osiris engagement went down when rise of iron started because the early game loot and bounty loot wasn't new anymore so nobody cared about it like they I, I feel like they have so much internal data and statistics to back the idea that you can go crazy generous and it's always good for the player funnels and matchmaking and the player experience and whenever they're stingy people storm the castle and or stop playing um, so ge- generosity is not the enemy of engagement it never will be um, but but again, at the end of my talk today, I said generosity is not the enemy uh, of engagement, but it certainly be- can become too rote and rehearsed. Like when I end an hour and a half play session and I get three or four gnawing hungers, I talked about how that's not rhythmically um, a good version of generosity. Generosity can actually have, it can come in bad shapes and sizes. And I think Umbral Ingrams is an example of a bad it's a bad iteration of generosity because it's not rhythmic. It's not like I'm ending a strike and getting a gnawing hunger, so I want to run another strike. It's, hey, I'm done with my play session. 
let me let me go to the tower and then I get them all at the same time and so they become less potent um it's it's I was trying to go to a food analogy and I can't do it. It just it's it's less it has less potency because I'm getting so many weapons at once. So that generosity can be bad, but I think in the in the case of trials, man oh man, do they have a lot of evidence to the contrary that you could be really generous with non-adept weapons, and that's why adept weapons are just such a good uh, uh, just such a good pivot that they need to make. It gives them so much freedom to say, yeah, we can be mega generous with all these weapons in games one through four because they're non-adept. Who cares? Games one through five, like who cares? Just, just dump them on. I mean, what? The, if they're getting loot, they're gonna keep playing. <laughs> like that's the, that's the secret, you know. And it's fine. You, they're they're not the best. The the best ones are in the the flawless chest. And it worked. You, you've in always you've always talked about the 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 recipe that they've had the recipe, the grandma's cookie recipe yeah. analogy. And I, I you know I take a take a lot of credence to that because I feel you know the you know if you if you look at my profile I've never I didn't play Trials in D1 because when I returned in Rise of Iron it was too late I was severely underleveled I you know wanted to get into it but I I didn't know what it was about so people talked about it and talked about adept and I was kind of unaware so I you know kind of put all my chips in 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 my proverbial you know uh in the center and I was just like all right I'm going to go all in on D2 and then Trials of the Nine was really disappointing but um, you know, just to, to quickly close out, I, I you touched on something that you know we were talking about in in the Discord chat the other day about them wanting to get uh, a conversation from all means of people within you know the PvP community to almost open the funnel, getting the pulse, so to speak, to understand. Just like you said, like how can we open this up to get people interested in games one through three, and then you could take the really the information from the people who spend all their time going to the lighthouse because obviously they're going to have the most uh, best suited information to to feedback to give uh the developers and everyone else so uh, you got you got to speak to everybody and to understand how to bring you know more people within you know the realm because a lot of people you know either if they don't care or they're either intimidated or they can't find a, a team but that's obviously an lfg conversation that we could have another day um, to close out, I'm really excited about everything you've done. Uh, really excited about tomorrow. Uh, the SNTR yeah. network, big props to Creature. He deserves a, a credit every day because you know you just check out that website. You wouldn't have imagined where you would have been out, let alone July or a year ago. Yeah. So it's 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 awesome. It's awesome to see, and then your your com- community is becoming more diverse, more expanse, and it's it's awesome to interact with everybody. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that and calling in, and everybody today, huge. Huge call-in, man. Call-ins are, uh, call-ins are kind of starting to snowball. Viewership's been going up. You, you know, all the all the momentum lately. More people calling in. So thank you to everybody who called in today. Uh, love hearing different voices, different accents, different perspectives on the game. There's so many different people who play this game, and I've always liked that we get, you know, folks calling in from Germany and folks calling in who only play PvP. Uh, I love it. I, I we've we've even had, uh, you know very casual players call in and co-hosts and stuff and I love that aspect of the uh, the call in sessions and uh, and the feedback so if you're listening to this you're like man that'd be so cool to call in and do that it's right here in the center of some of the things we do here uh, la- 
live Q&A and VIP call-ins. If you click the join button, pick VIP, get in the Discord. We also do VIP fight nights uh, every Friday night. It's just a fun time for, for VIPs to get a, another, another little perk for their increased support. Uh, so most folks kind of, you know, pick between tier one and VIP, the $5 or the $15. We have all the tiers listed here. As always, though, if you are listening elsewhere and you'd want to be here live for these, go to saynotorage.com. Or as he plugged it, I'm always plugging it because it's amazing. If you want all my content in one location, go to sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com has all my videos, breakout sessions. It's going to have all the Rageous Roundtable stuff, uh, Repeat Theater, and SNTR Presents. You can literally go to the individual pages of the shows. It's awesome. It's It's got to be one of the most brand-legitimizing things I've ever had made for me, and so I'm very, very grateful for it. So be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. Uh, it still is the YouTube video, so it still helps all the YouTube metrics, but it also helps us kind of build this platform. And it's really convenient for you too for schedules. Uh, that's one of the things we really, really like. Like right now, you can always go in and see uh, both current day, next day. Although I forgot to update current day, next day. So right now, we don't have the topic pick for tomorrow just yet. Um, we may just do the blog post thing that they did. Although it's Thursday, so that's, pro- that's why I didn't do it because Fridays are usually going to be that twab breakdown. So, as always, I appreciate you listening and watching in all the various locations, and uh, if you're here live right now, don't go anywhere. We're going to keep on talking and hanging out. And as always, if you're listening elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe.